What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. time it is it is not noon it is not 12 o'clock eastern it is sports take time that's how we uh we look at our our watches we look at our phones you look at the clocks that you have at the house it's sports take time that's how we roll three hours of power Derek gunn barrett brooks rob ellis what's up gentlemen how we doing yo 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 what's up what's the my, deal? my brothers how are you today we're doing great, All man. Everybody, if good. you can't be doing great right now, you have an undefeated football team and a baseball team about to embark on the World Series. It, that, that's a you problem, man. That is a you problem. Well, there are, there are a lot of people across America that don't have that luxury, luxury right now. But you asked me. You didn't ask those people. You're friend. right. You're right. Oh, oh, I see. You're a little spunky today, are you? Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay, Sparky. Let's see where this show goes. <laughs> What's up, everybody, in the comment section? I see you, Freezer. I see you, Jeremy Patrick. Ontario, Alexander, o- Ocam's Razor, uh, Jimmy G. Hey, there's some new guys. names in here. I'm not familiar like with some of these names. I like that. I like it, man. Keep I going. like it. Hey, I we like we, it. we didn't come close to getting uh, 500 likes. I mean, 400 likes yesterday. So, hey, we do our part. They didn't do their part. Yep. 
Yep. Let's, go. let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Scratch each other's backs, as they yeah. say. Uh, we got a big one today, man. We got a big one today. 1230. Zach Berman's going to join us from the athletic. We'll talk some birds as they get back at it, getting ready for the Steelers at one o'clock. Mark Jackson from NBC Sports, Philadelphia Sixers pre and post game analyst in studio. Mark will be joining us at one o'clock a little later. Listen to this, guys. We're going to tell you how you could potentially win tickets to either Game three, game four, or game five of the World Series. Yes, you heard me correctly. You could potentially get your hands. Are we tickets. eligible? All I want to know you is are not all I want to know. That's no and no. Okay. What, what do you mean, no? About? Why can't we be I, eligible? I don't make the rules. You know what I mean? Wow. It's I like just that. Abide by where's, it. where's Krause at, man? Hold up, man. I, I, I Krause I'm on not, line I'm one. here for this today. <laughs> hey, man, don't shoot the messenger. That's all I can tell you. All right. If it were up to me, you guys would be going. Okay. How about that? We'll all that, that is the most politically correct statement I've ever heard you say. You just said that to get us off your back. That's no, you know what it is. He he asked for the tickets already. And he, correct. Yeah, he exactly. No. He got shot down. Correct. Yeah. So I, I, got, I can't get it. You guys. I got my tumboed. I got the uh-uh. Yeah. His uh, MO is, if I can't go, nobody's nobody going. Goes. Right, exactly. right, right, right. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, man, a lot to dive into here today, guys. And, uh, again, I uh, hope everybody's doing well out there. We appreciate everybody in the, uh, in the chat room, everybody streaming, everybody listening. As always, um, you know, between the Phillies, the Eagles being the lone undefeated team. And by the way, they're there. In my opinion, there's three good teams in the NFL and that's it. And I mean, it. there are three good teams. We'll get into that later. Um, and, you know, the Sixers finally getting on the uh, on the right side of the win column last night. Things are good. Things are definitely good in Philadelphia sports. So l- let's start with this. We know the start times for each and every one of the World Series games is going to be 8.03 Eastern, which, uh, you know, all things considered, I, yeah, I mean, look, I think it could be worse, though, Derek, honestly. You know, I, I think in years past it was even later. I think it was um, later. No, you know what? The, the, even when it was like um, all East Coast type, uh, the, the the latest start I can ever remember is like 830. Right. Which is still was, late for a lot of people to have to get up for work the next day. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I guess I'm I'm trying to look at it from a positive. It's what not what are we bad. talking about? I mean, the Flyers in the stinking World Series. I don't care if they played at one a.m. Yes, you do because you're not going right to see the whole game. You're not going to see. I would watch the. I'm going to watch the whole game when it comes to this. Man. I'm just oh. saying, why can't it be like a regular season game, like seven p.m. Seven. Are we just that privileged that we cry about this? I'm not crying. I made an observation. I'm, I'm generating wow. conversation, Mr. Brooks. Now, I don't I'm, know. Who, I, I was trying to point it out as this a is, positive. This is look, hold on, hold on. This is what he does to me every single look, day. Look, look, man, I don't, I don't know who, who put Tabasco sauce in your White Castle burgers this morning, but I was just trying to generate conversation. Oh it's what God. I do, Mr. Brooks, and you. Got offended, took it to a whole nother level. Wow, but that's okay. No, I was just playing the contrarian like you, bro. I try, I try, no, 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 I try no, to no, contrary no. your contrarian viewpoints. No, no, no. See, I'm not, I'm not contrarian. I uh, see, I know, I know what gets under your skin. Yeah, I know what makes Mr. Ellis turn as red as those banners behind him. <laughs> now, that's not contrarian, that is called that's, that's, tactical that's, verbal warfare. That's called Eddie Haskellism. That's what it is. That's 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 all it is, man. That's, well, yeah, because uh, let's see, you, my son, and several other people, I often put in that category as modern day Eddie Haskells. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I'll let you use that one. Okay. Oh my God. All right. Okay. So eight o'clock. Now, let me give you the schedule real quick. Uh, Friday, Saturday at Houston. Off day Sunday. Perfect NFL action. Back at it Monday, Halloween night. 
Boy, that's a tough one for for parents who have kids. Yeah. All you goblins out there. Well, that, yeah. that's I guess where the eight o'clock comes in nicely. If you have little kids, you're probably close to being done at that point. I would assume you're supposed to be done. It's supposed to be done at eight thirty, right? Right. No, so, not, I thought it was nine o'clock. I don't know. When the sun goes all the way down, you're not supposed to be out there. Every every city and township is different. I'm trying to look. I'm looking at my tickets behind me. That's I'm not I'm not trying to be rude. I'm but I'm trying to get the exact date. Hang on a second. Okay. Uh okay. So in the 09, I have the I have the 08. Let me pan up here so you guys can see it. That's that see those two tickets above Reggie White. Yeah. Uh my son and I went to game three in 2008 when the Phillies played the Rays. The, wow. It was, it was a game that was delayed. It didn't start till like 10 o'clock. It was crazy, right? Oh. He was, he was oh. a little kid. It was <laughs> it was brutal. Like oh I I was just like plying him with sugar, like trying to keep him awake. <laughs> I did everything a parent shouldn't do. Did oh, you have totally to carry honest. him home? I did. I literally did. I had you a bag. Had, yes. I had a bag of swag on one hand, and he was yeah. seven, I think. I think he was seven. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I had him over one shoulder. And my bag of goodies, uh, you know, in the other hand, walking to the car. That was a fun walk. But what, what day of the week was it? It was a Saturday. Luckily. Oh, good, good. Yeah, we won. There was no like school the next day issues. So good, then the, good, the, good. The, the crazy thing is, the following year, the Phillies played the uh, Yankees in two thousand nine, and I also went to Game Three, and that that was uh, on Halloween Day. So I may have told you guys this before. So, I, you know, when I saw that that was the case, I'm like, all right, what do we do? And my wife's like, he's got to go out for Halloween. Like we got to, we got to figure this out. So we went out at like, I'm not even kidding you guys, like four thirty, five o'clock. So we're like walking up to, to houses and they're still like, they weren't even prepared for us. The lady's like, Oh, hang on. Let me go get the bag. I didn't even open it yet. It was like one of those deals. So it, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. But anyway, so game three uh, back here on Monday in Philadelphia, as is game four and game five. So they're all home games. You have an off day on Thursday. Again, sets up perfectly because what happens on Thursday? Eagles play. Correct. Eagles play. Yeah. Uh, and then Friday, if there is a game, we're getting into, into the ifs, that, you know, they, if they need to play these games, uh, would be Friday, Saturday, game six and seven in Houston. So that's the way it would uh, it would work out. It's a 2-3-2 two, two series. Mm-hmm. So it really kind of breaks up nicely with the off day after game two. Sunday, Eagles play the Steelers. Off day Thursday, if games six and seven are necessary, Eagles play the Texans. Pretty nice. I I guarantee you uh, one of the main storylines to open this series, to open the curtain on this series will be the Phillies have not lost a playoff game at home. Houston has not lost a playoff game, period, this year. That's going to be a huge storyline. Sure is. Sure is. I'll tell you the other the other weird one. Let me give give you this, too. I thought you guys would get a kick out of this. You, You guys familiar with this Mattress Mac guy? Who? So he he's an uh, he owns a giant like mattress store in Houston. Okay. This guy. Okay. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. Okay. So every year he puts down like these. Cr- he's loaded. This guy is loaded. Okay. He's done very well. Oh. Are we going to start this show with this again? Is he back? Oh, Mister Ellis is back. What happened? Did I? I don't know. Did I you out for a minute. Yeah, you froze. Oh. All yeah. right. Um. So this guy's really well off. Okay, so he makes crazy big bets every year. Are you guys? Oh yes, okay. yes, yes. <laughs> I remember right. that. Yeah. All right, I so remember. this year, he he already bet Alabama to win the national championship, like a crazy amount of money. But anyway, he bet on the Astros. He's he's a Houston guy, right? So he bet the Astros. He bet a million dollars for the for the Astros to win the World Series at plus twelve hundred dollars. Okay, if it hits, 
he wins 13 million. Oh, yes. He wins 13 oh. million if it hits. He drives down to Louisiana because I, I didn't even realize this. I guess wow. uh, gambling's not legalized in Texas yet. I don't know. But so he drives, to, I guess, over the border to Louisiana and makes his bets. Wow. And then he comes back. So, but his track record's spotty. Like, it's not like this guy nails it every year. He, he said, yeah, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he's hit more than he's missed. He's done, pr- he's done pretty well. Yeah, yeah. He's done pretty well. Um, Dude, let me but, tell you something. The mattress business must be really good down in Houston. If uh, <laughs> he's betting that kind of money. I remember right. we talked about this earlier this year. That Hey, you know, there are a whole lot of mattress stores. Now I live in a small town and within a 10 mile radius, there's gotta be at least eight or nine mattress stores. And I'm thinking, how are all of them open? Cause I hardly ever see anybody going in there. Yeah. Like this, you guys, this, you guys buy mattresses all the time. I know. No, no. Yeah. I had I had my last mattress up until last year. I had my last mattress for like twelve years. I'm the same yeah. way. Yeah, you're same supposed to have it. For, you're supposed to really have it for like five years. I, I know, like that. It's probably not great for any of our backs to have them. Right, right. That's why we're all yeah. screwed up now. Jeez, yeah. who screwed up? Oh, I know my back is all messed up, man. Right, right. Yeah, I hear so you. that's why I had to buy one on a sacrifice and bought one. You know, what I'm saying you're supposed to. You're supposed to. I think it's like five or six years. You're supposed to switch out your mattress. And I Every was five, on, six. I was on. Yeah, I was on year twelve on mine. Same so, uh, here. Last you year. Know. So yeah. I'm on year two with this one. Uh, Sills is right. It was cold, and that day I was referencing guys in 08. Yeah. It was nasty. It was it was freezing. It was rainy. Uh, and he's right. Shield. Mm-hmm. They beat Shields. Uh, he's at James Shields. He's right on with that. But it was one of those weird days. But yeah, so that guy bet a million. Uh, big. They call him uh, Mattress Mac. His name's like Jim McElvain or something. Uh, mattress Mac. But the other interesting thing, Matt Gelb from the Athletics reporting that Aaron Nola is going to get the nod for Game One. Oh, so I, I I think what Rob Thompson and the organization are doing, they're they're just trying to buy Wheeler another day, which I yep. kind of get, you know. And and the other thing I and I heard Rob Thompson on the uh, WIP's morning show, he said that when do you remember the the, the ball that was hit up the middle and went off, uh, kicked off of uh, yeah. Wheeler and went, yep. I guess it went right back to uh, JT Real Muto. Yep, hit his calf. He said the calf was starting to swell up and tighten up, so this might buy him a little extra time if that calf is tender. So that kind of makes sense to me. It makes a lot of okay. sense. And okay. I, I, I kind of thought about it the other day. Um, it would make a lot more sense for us to go ahead and and um and start, you know, not Wheeler, but you know, go ahead and start Nola instead, anyways, you know, because he I mean, Wheeler just came off. I mean, even though it's a good five-day rest, I just think you know that extra day would help him out just a little more than you know, putting Nola out there. I mean, and I Nola was an ace for two years. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, so yeah. why not? Well. You know, as well as Nola had had pitched in the in the postseason, he re- he resorted his last down and resorted back to what he was in a regular season, hot one minute, cold the next. So yeah, and, and against this particular lineup, and again, for the Phillies to be here, what they had to do to get here, we have well documented their journey, and we we've we've compared it to other historic moments and teams of teams rising from the ashes when you basically counted them out. Um, and they have they have beaten two teams that nobody thought they would beat, St. Louis and Atlanta. Right. Houston's another Houston's on another level. Um, it's not to say they can't beat Houston, but I'm just hoping and praying that we see the Aaron Nola who was early in the playoffs and not the guy who was in his last outing. Cause that's that's I, a I think bad that's tone the anomaly, center. Derek. I, I, I think hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I think he's over sort of the late season, you know. I mean, think about it. He he gets he wins the clincher in Houston. 
where he was, he was, he had a no hitter going into the, I think he had a perfect game into the seventh, whatever it was. But okay. Right? He, he wins that one. He pitches unbelievable on the road in St. Louis. Um, you know, and then he was excellent against Atlanta. Like I, 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 I think that that hiccup in, in San Diego is, is just that. I think it's a hiccup. I, I truly believe that. And now if, so. if everybody's yep. healthy and, and all everything's equal, do I want Wheeler? Yeah, I, I, I want Wheeler, but I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'm not, this doesn't. I'm not upset by hearing this. I don't. No, think no, crazy. no, no. I'm yeah. not either. I just, I just made the observation that, you know, uh, this Houston lineup is equal to the Phillies lineup from top to bottom. Yep. Um, their pitching staff is better than the Phillies pitching staff from top to bottom, but so was, so was uh, Atlanta's. They beat Atlanta. Uh, St. Louis's pitching staff was outstanding. They beat St. Louis as well. Um, so anything's possible. I am not discounting anything. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, when we look at the pluses and the minuses, we can't just look at all the pluses, you know, because there are some, there's a reason why Houston won 106 games. There's a reason why Houston has not lost a playoff game period. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought the Yankees had that game Sunday and this Houston too. team just keep finding a way to win games. Yeah. Very much like the Phillies. See, that's why I can't wait to see this series unfold. Because two teams exactly, exactly. that keep finding ways to win games. And, and it's interesting. So here's yeah. the thing with the Houston that's like fascinating. They've been they've been to the World Series now um, in 17, 19, 22, and uh, 21 and 22. They yep. won it in 17, but they've been there the last two. Like there, there's there's no lights that are too bright for them. There's nothing no. that's gonna overwhelm them. No. But they also have a little monkey on their back right now, kind of like yeah, you guys get there, great. But what happens when you get uh-huh. there? Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of that mind game going on too with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, well, but I, I think the Phillies are coming with a perfect mindset, Barrett, of just, hey, you know, everybody counted us out in every one of these series. Okay, what's next? Well, I mean, what this is, this is one city that you know loves being an underdog, anyways. You know what I'm saying? We won the Super Bowl because we were the underdogs. We're going into this into this in this fight, man. Just like you know, David and Goliath. You know, what I'm saying Goliath is down in Houston. You know, we love to be that guy going in 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 the Rocky scenario, bro. I mean, that's all it is—the Rocky scenario. You know, what I'm saying we're going against Clubber Lane. You know what I mean? That's all this is going on right now. And we just we we play better under those type of circumstances. When we go in as a favorite, it, it, it tends to you know it evens up. But when we go in as an underdog. I love our chances better than going in and, you know, into any situation. I love being an underdog going in. And that's just the mentality of here, folks in Philadelphia. We've always been treated like, all right, Dallas doesn't, they don't believe that we're, we're the, you know, we're the rival with them. You know, you know what? Forget y'all. You know what I mean? Don't worry yeah. about nothing. We're just going to continue to beat y'all. That's all it is to it. I'm with then, you. you know, with this, you know, baseball, we, we, we're going in there with that same mentality. Let's go. We'll show you, bro, when we can tell you. Well, and I I also love that the Phillies. You know, look, certainly you, you love that the daycare guys have, have done their job. But I look at the stars, man. I look at what Harper's doing right now. Harper is locked and loaded, right? I look at what Schwarber's doing. I look at what you know Hoskins, as frustrating as he can be, is hot right now. Like you're going in with your heavy hitters hot. These guys are, are coming in rolling right now, right? And that bodes great for this series that they're just going to keep this thing going. I truly believe that. I mean, you look at what they're doing, what Wheeler's doing, uh, you know, Nola to an extent, but, you know, the back end of the bullpen, the guys that the Phillies absolutely have to have are doing it right now, are getting it done and coming in hot. 
Yep. That's the great thing. And then look, would I would I prefer there wasn't this long layoff of you know whatever it is five days? Yeah, I, I would prefer that they're you know like playing tonight or tomorrow. I, I would rather that be the case. However, Houston has the same kind of layoff, and Houston's just as hot as the Phillies, so maybe that offsets each other. Where are we at? You know, where are we at as far as you know, um, where are we at as far as the team's whole sense of going into this? I got to think that they're they're ready to rock, man. They're they're yeah. ready to go out there and fight. So I, you know, this is this is exactly what I, I thought was going. It's to me, it's been like this ever since we've been in the playoffs this year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There was no way that I thought they were going to beat the the, uh, the cards. No way they was going to beat the cards. They beat the cards, and then that they, they absolutely can't beat the Braves. There's no way they can beat the Braves. The Braves are better than they, you know. They just won the World Series this last year. They beat them. There's no way they can go steal one. From you know, from from San Diego, no way they can do it. Oh, they stole one, and then they will not sweep them at home. There's no way they can sweep them at home. And here we are at the doorstep of the World Series. Yeah. So I mean, I I just love our chances, man. I love our chances. Absolutely. And and, and used to doing it on the road too. You know, exactly. As as good as the Phillies have been at home, and and look, I get it. You know, you have a Houston team that's completely unblemished. I mean, they are just been flat out amazing. You know what they've been able to do, but again. You know, they were a hot team going into the last couple World Series that they didn't win. You know, here's the other part. And this one, I don't know what to make of this. So Verlander, who is going to win the AL Cy Young, or at least should win the AL Cy Young, 0-6 with a 5-6 ADRA and seven World Series starts. How do you figure that? That's unbelievable. First dominant of a pitcher he can be in any given moment. That's And don't think. It's, you know, when he speaks to the media, that's going to be brought up. And so it's going to be embedded in the back of his mind. And if the Phillies start spraying him, you know, early in the, early in his um, mound appearance, that's going to come, that's going to come to the forefront. You know, as good as, as good as athletes are. And for as many big games as many athletes have been, those that have that, that kryptonite in this system, whatever it may be, it's brought up to them, and at some point, because you're only human, you're not immune to second guess. It's only human that you start thinking about these things. You start focusing on things that you try to block out and hone in on what on what is expected. But you know what? If things unravel early, it starts to affect mm-hmm. your approach, your mechanics, your rhythm. Yep. You in get a the lot yips. Of ways. You get yeah. the yips. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that could happen. That can that's that can most definitely happen, man. Yes. Here we go again. That whole mentality. Here we go again, man. Yeah, you know, and, and, and we were like that. And the Phillies have a a, a a really comes from the top with Thompson, a guy who's just so steady. He's just so steady, Eddie, man. And and you couple that with hot players at the right time. I I think they're right in this thing. Are they less talented? Like you said, Derek. Yeah, probably, but. I don't know. I mean, a lot of this has to do with what kind of pitching you get, too. If Absolutely. Wheeler and Nola come out Absolutely. one, two, and you can, again, steal one, you get out of there with with, with one and split, then you come back for three. That's where the 2-3-2 two, two is so valuable for, Absolutely. for the road team. I can't it's not 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. I can't wait to see the Phillies go up against Frommer, Valdez, Christian Javier, Lance McCullers. I mean, the, 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 I was talking to you earlier, Rob. Houston's yeah. number three and number four starters – would be one and two starters on other teams. Yes, definitely. That's how deep their pitching is. Their closer, Ryan Presley, yeah, is yeah. is nasty. 
Yeah. You know, this I think Fromm is better than Verlander or has been as of late. And he's the number two behind Verlander. Well, I think it's, you know, the other thing, this Astros team, they had an interesting journey, man. If you think about it from, from the cheating scandal. Yeah. Yep. where you thought they were just going to be dead. They forced the manager to, to and GM both out. Major League Baseball did. And Dusty yep. Baker comes in, yeah. who's a baseball lifer, you know, uh, and, and just, you know, stabilizes everything. And they just keep winning. It's their pretty incredible story. They, they really are. When you think about what they've done over the last six years, first and foremost, it starts with their minor leagues. They do. We give the, we give the Braves so much props for the last 15, 20 years for being so impeccable when it comes to drafting and cultivating in-house talent. Houston is another one of those teams. Now they'll spend some money and they'll bring in like a Verlander to complement everything that they have, but they do an incredible job of cultivating minor leaguers. They have a rookie in their lineup. Now that's hitting heck out of the baseball. I, I forgot his name. Uh, Hopefully I get, it'll, it'll come to me soon, but they have a rookie in their lineup. Now this kid is swatting the heck out of the baseball. Uh, right. You know, their whole lineup is like the Phillies top to bottom. You don't know who's going to be the hero on any given night. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's incredible what Houston has been able to, you don't look at Houston as a true baseball city, yeah. but you have to give them the respect. I mean, how many teams outside of the Braves way back in the nineties, who went to who won the division? Talking about Payne, yeah, I think the shortstop. Yeah, the young. That's it. The young yep. shortstop. Think about it. the Braves. The Braves won their division what fifteen years? Fifteen years in a row, something like that. Back in the nineties. Yeah. You know, in um, in Houston to get to the ALCX six years in a row, when baseball like football, so much parity across the board, players jumping around here and there. That's an incredible testament to the organization. You're right, Rob. They were they were down in the ashes, man. They were left for dust after that scandal, but they quickly resurrected, uh, resurrected that organization. They brought in an incredible baseball guy in Dusty Baker. They restructured the front office. And obviously their scouting department is one of the best in the game. When you can sit, look up and down their roster and look at some of the players on their roster. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you the other thing. It, it, baseball fever has hit in, in the city of Philadelphia. So according to Darren Ravel, the Phillies set a 24 hour record for league championship winner merchandise sales on wow. fanatics. Wow. Yeah, following the, the clinching game on Sunday night. I can't, previous, I can't find anything. I can't like, find anything. Well, I, th- there's lines. I saw I saw something today. The line outside of the uh the uh is it Majestic Clubhouse store, whatever, whatever it's called at Citizens Bank Park. Right. There's cars just backed up on Patterson Avenue where that you can't get traffic through. Nobody can get Jeez. through on either side right now. Jeez. And it wasn't like that when they were in it in 08 and 09. It, it, wow. it really wasn't. So does, does the uh, does the report say which jersey is the hottest item right now? I mean, the obvious answer would be Harper, but there's a few other guys that got to be up there too as well, like uh, Hoskins. Yeah. Um, you know, guys like that. So I was just Real curious. Muto probably does Real Muto. Well. I wonder. I was wondering who's the hottest selling jersey right now. That's a good question. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good question. It'll be it'll be fascinating to see the way this thing shakes out. But it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really good World Series, man. I think it's going to go pretty deep, and it, I think it's going to be a really, really good World Series. All right, go ahead, Bart. I was going to say Middleton, man. That's, that's why I paid the big bucks, man. He did that's why I paid the big bucks? And, and he Ooh. said to Harper, "You might be underpaid." Yeah, thirteen years, <laughs> three hundred and thirty million. Might yeah, I wish I wish somebody would tell me that. I've never been told that. I don't know if that reflects on me or not. I've never had a boss say you're underpaid. Well, see, the I've, other way. I, I've, heard, I've heard them say that to me. They just never did anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they say that to me, to me as they patted me on the head and said, keep right. moving. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So we'll come back. Zach Berman's going to join us from the athletic. Uh, as I mentioned uh, a little bit later in the show, Mark Jackson, we'll talk a little Sixers hoops with Mark. We haven't spoken to Mark since last year in the playoffs. So looking forward to that. But Zach Berman, when we get back as the Eagles get back at it against the Steelers, don't go anywhere. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis, we're sports take Jacob sports, YouTube network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and principal financial group, because knowing who to trust with your finances can be a challenge, right? It can be a very scary proposition. And I've been there. I was there for a long time, but I found the right person and I found the right people. And that's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, you know, review your 401k, insurance review, you have a small business trying to set up employee benefits, could be anything really. Uh, Jim can help you with any of those resources. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I tell you, I couldn't be any happier. And it's, it's just the, the, the peace of mind that I have knowing that I have the right person in place is just, you know, you can't put a price on it. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You can email him as well. Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. 
Pondly Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. doing well out there thanks for hanging out with us we are sports take jacob sports youtube network Derek gunn barrett brooks rob ellis by the way if you miss any of our interviews you go to jacobsports.com uh you can check them out in their entirety and also go to jacob sports youtube network as well but we had um great show yesterday we had tom mccarthy greg murphy on today of course zach berman in a moment mark jackson will be joining us as well a little later tom giordano from pond la hockey will tell you how you can win tickets to games, either games three, four, or five of the World Series. All right, joining us now does a phenomenal job covering the Eagles, Eagles and the NFL uh, for the Athletic, and you can follow him on Twitter as well at zberm, the one and only Zach Berman. Zach, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, Jack. I got to start with your Phillies thoughts, man. I, I know you're a Philadelphian. I know you're excited. Yeah. And before we get to the birds, they going to take care of business here against Houston. Houston's tough, right? I mean, we've seen that these past two series. That bullpen's playing really well, but the Phillies are, are built for the postseason, and that that was was the I don't want to say the saving grace, but but the reason for optimism, if you will, during the final month, two months of the season, that if they just got in, postseason baseball is fundamentally different than regular season baseball. If you if you have a top heavy rotation, if you have power bats. Uh, you can win games, and we've we've obviously seen that here. So I wouldn't pick against the Phillies with the way they're playing right now. It's going to be a tough series, but I, I wouldn't pick against the Phillies. Zach, any chance you you may stay uh, a little bit and you may hang out on Friday <laughs> yeah, so, night in Houston if there's a uh, game six there? You know, it's, it's funny you ask that. I had that conversation with my wife when the schedule came out. Uh, and yes, if if uh, if the if the Phillies are in game six, right? You're putting, in, putting your in life Houston. in jeopardy, man. <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll look to push that flight back. And uh, it's it's probably easier to get tickets down in Houston than it is in Philly. There you go. So, Smart so man. I like about. the way you're yeah. thinking, Zach. Good work. Yeah, you know what? Look at see, Zach is so professional, even on his off day. He wears a button down shirt. When was the last time any of us wore a button down shirt? He's not like shirt? us slobs. That's I for know. Sure. I know. He is the yeah. consummate professional. Man. Well, let's clarify off day. Off the, um, I'm not at the facility, but I'm still working, right? So, uh, <laughs> got her. What are you trying to say, yeah, Derek? For, for full disclosure, I threw this on for the podcast. I was in a hoodie before. So uh, I wanted, I wanted just to lie to us, Zach, make guys. us feel better. Man. For, for, forgive me for a man who told me point blank, I would, if I could, I would sleep at the Novacare complex seven days a week. I, forgive me for, for underestimating your diligence and your dedication to the game. I go. would. I don't think Dom wants me to sleep there, but I, I, I would. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. He he believes that too seriously, man. I can remember back in the day we used to have my brothers on broad. He oh, said, man, man, I eat, sleep, and breathe this. I said, well, I may just eat it. But I'm not sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking him out to bed, bro. But yeah, man, it's, it's, this, is, this is a great day in Philly sports, period, man. Everything that's going on, you know. I mean, even the... The Flyers are playing well, but man, look, just just let's get it back to what we're talking about. Let's yeah. go back to the Eagles. At this point, man, I think they saw that did a lot of self evaluation, and I really think that you're going to see a drastic improvement in the D line's production after this. Uh, hmm. Potentially, I I actually think the D line has has been playing decently. Now, 
the sack production has has, has fluctuated game to game. I, I think some of that has to do with the the offenses they've played. Um, I, I'm I'm really not so worried about the defensive line right now, but I I am curious to see how they come out of the bye. I think there are certain things in particular that they're looking at, and uh, it's it's not so much change, you know, uh, making major changes. And they're undefeated; you don't have to. But right, it's, right. it's more looking at tendencies, and and you know this, Barrett. Like, right? They they look at to see if there's certain tells for the offense, the defense. Uh, and 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 try to rectify those. So that's what I would be uh, paying attention to. Hey, 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 Zach, just to add to what Barrett said, here's what I've said about the D-line. I've said I don't think this D-line, for as much money that is invested in this D-line, is good enough by itself to get consistent pressure on a, a quarterback. It, it padded its stats against a Washington team that us four could have at least gotten one sack between us again. Well, maybe the three of you, not me. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you might, we, you could have come we're on a delayed it. blitz. We're pushing it with me, too. <laughs> we, 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 uh, delayed blitz, you might have got home. You know, yeah, Carson, there you go. Carson's holding the ball eight seconds back. There. He would have yeah. given us a shot. But uh, I've said they're, they're coming out of this bye, and they're going to play two offensive lines that have issues, both Pittsburgh and Houston, and we're going to applaud their efforts for doing a lot of good things against those teams. But I see too many inconsistencies with just their front four in terms when you have that kind of money invested in, in a front four, I, I think they need to give you more on a consistent basis. And I haven't seen it. I'm not saying I'm worried about it. It's just that I'm not completely happy with what I've seen from that production by itself up to this point. From a sack perspective, you mean? A sack per sec, uh, okay. perspective, getting enough consistent pressure yeah. on a quarterback as well. No, that look, I, I hear what you're saying. I frankly think more of the issue, if you want to call it that, is is that they're a different defense when they're in a five man front compared to a four man front. Right. And I think opposing offensive coordinators feel like they can run against the Eagles when they're in the four man front. And so, the, so, so that changes the way that they're playing. And you saw that against the Cowboys, by the mm-hmm. way. Right when they were in that four man front and they're nursing the lead, uh, the Cowboys weren't afraid to run on them. Right. You don't usually see teams do that uh, in the second half of games. And and by the way, I I saw that a bit from the Cardinals too. Um, you know, structurally they were they were playing a, a certain way to to uh, account for Kyler Murray's legs, mm-hmm. and then when they're protecting a lead, they play a little differently there. Uh, I think that. What I'm paying more attention to is is not can you get more pass rush production because I I actually think the pass rush is 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 holding up decently. My my bigger question is the split between the the odd man front and the even man front and the way teams play you with those fronts. Hmm. Okay, right. When you look what at what would it, you man. say on a positive note has been your biggest surprise through six games with them? Well, Jalen Hurts. I mean, I look. I I thought Jalen Hurts was was going to improve, uh, because he's improved every year he's played football that I've been following him. Right? I mean, I I, I can't account for his Channel View high school days, but from Alabama to his second year at Alabama to Oklahoma to the to his rookie year in the NFL, the last he, he's he's improved every year. The jump he's made this year, I I didn't see that coming, and it's a credit to Jalen. It's a credit to this coaching staff, and certainly there are factors in in place that have contributed to it uh having aj brown in that offense helps obviously he's talked quite a bit about back-to-back years in the same scheme 
but the big thing for me is is Jalen is just he's making good decisions, he's making good passes, uh, and there are winning games because of Jalen Hurts. So the the I th- I thought Jalen was going to improve. I didn't think he was going to play this well, and it's a credit to him. Mm. Looking at you know looking at the way he's played, the way this offense is run. You know, you see Shane really being able to mix things up a little bit. But I say the past two games, he's kind of gotten away from the run a little bit, you know, towards the third quarter, um, you know, going to the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden when he has to turn it on, he gets back to it. Why do you think they they don't do uh, a lot of, the, you know, what they've done in the first half in that third quarter? All right, so that, that's a fair question. I'm, I'm thinking back. You, they obviously had that long drive against Arizona in the fourth quarter, the long drive against Dallas in the fourth quarter. Both those drives, they committed to the run almost entirely un, until late in the drives. Uh, I don't think it's it's a matter of a lack of commitment to the run. Uh, you know, I, I'm thinking, for instance, the Dallas game, I believe they had a costly penalty there that pushed them back. Uh there are a handful of factors. They, they haven't been able to sustain drives well enough in the, in the third quarter. I, I would agree with you there. Uh, but I don't think it's a drastic problem in terms of run pass. And by the way, I mean, you can look at this team and say they need to pass the ball, that they need to pass the ball more. When you look at their passing efficiency, when you look at, at, at getting the ball to A.J. Brown, different things they could do, they could pass the ball more. But uh, the third quarters are so they, they they need to play better in the in the in the third quarters coming out of half. There's no question about it. I don't think it's it's a a, a run pass question though. Hey Zach, have you heard any updates? Uh, I know it's a bye week. Any updates on the status of Lane Johnson, John Dickerson, um, you know, and so on and so forth with the little nicks and aches that they've had up to this point in terms of getting ready for Sunday. So they're back on the practice field tomorrow. I heard last week Lane Johnson was doing better. Okay. Um, you know, will that's obviously out of the team's hands. That's the that's the league mandated concussion mm-hmm. protocol. So so we'll have a, a better sense. We're on the on the practice field tomorrow. Lana Dickerson's been playing through it, um, and I don't. You know, he finished that game against Dallas, so I I would imagine the the bye week was beneficial for him. Uh, Landon's obviously the 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 big one to monitor. Uh, I'm sorry. Lane's the big one to monitor at, at this point. And, uh, you know, every uh, I, I hesitate to give timelines on concussions because, yes. as, as, as Rick Burkholder, the former Eagles trainer, once said, if you've seen one of them, you've seen one of them, right? <laughs> and, uh, and that's so, but if, if Lane is, uh, if he's progressing through the protocol, uh, that's 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 a, a major benefit for the Eagles. Mm. Zach, uh, we're not all that far away. Geez, what's the, less than a week uh, from the trade deadline. Um, actually, is it a week? It might be a week today. Anyway, we're, we're, we're right up against it. Um, there have been rumors that they were interested potentially in McCaffrey. Do you see them making a move? And if so, what position would you like to, I don't know, strengthen? So uh, at the top of the show here, at the top of my of my segment, I, I should say, D-Gun mentioned the pass rush. Uh, you you can never have too many edge rushers, and that's a short term and, and and long term thing to look at too. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's a pass rusher you can get to help you in the short term, like say Robert Quinn from Chicago, although Chicago's winning games, right? Yeah, right. Um, yeah. But but someone like that, I think that can really be beneficial for your pass rush. Mm-hmm. I think that I look at potentially a pass blocking running back or someone to help in in, in the backfield. Uh, and 
you're not going to have to spend much for that. James Robinson just went for what a sixth round pick, right? Right. So I, I the mm-hmm. the cost is usually low for a running back. You won't have to pay what you paid for Jay Ajayi in 2017. But I think um, when you look at their let's pick up, they can Im- improve in that area from the running back perspective. So I would look there. I think safety depth is something to watch. If uh, if Epps goes down or Gardner Johnson goes down then it obviously I, – I think there's a drop-off there at the position, number one, and you can do certain things with three safety packages if, if there's another safety you would like to play. Uh, I know it's it's been written out there or, or discussed about a backup tight end because they do like to play 12 personnel. One thing that the monitor there is, is Tyree Jackson is returning from the ACL. He's, he's still on the pup list. Uh, but if he can be back, if he can come back, that's someone who could potentially help them in the passing game. But I, I, w- I would really look at edge rusher. I would look at running back, and I would look at, at backup safety. Zach, uh, I'm, I'm fascinated that you brought up the running back situation because when you look at the 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 primary three-headed monster of this Eagles uh, backfield, and then you toss in Trey Sermon as well, if they did address the running back situation, who would be the odd man or odd men out? It's a good question, and, and and that's the type of conversation that 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 they need to have. If you if you add this person, uh, are are you willing to cut Trey Sermon? Like mm. like, I, do you think you can sneak him to the practice squad? You know, um, that that it's a fair question, and 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 that's the other part of every trade when there's not an injury, when there's not that clear open spot on the roster. Uh, that's that's something to look at mm-hmm. now. Uh, I do think, though, that you need to look at, at, at your backfield overall and, and say uh, teams are looking at the Eagles. This is a hard offense to stop. If uh, They're going to send blitzes because that's what's worked against uh, – that's what worked against Arizona, worked to an extent against Detroit. Uh, and if, if – it's a simple math thing, right? If, if, if you can't beat this offensive line in one-on-ones, then if you can get one more pass rusher than they have blocker – then it, it gives you an advantage. And in that case, the Eagles uh, uh, need to have a running back who can pick up the blitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's an area where they do need to improve. So, yeah, so I, I that, but it, it, it's, it's a hard skill to find, right? There are a lot of running backs don't specialize in blitz pickup. Um, and when you have one, uh, you appreciate them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know who, the, I don't know who they would cut to open up the roster spot. But that is a spot where they can upgrade. Mm. Zach, you buying the Giants at uh, at six and one here? Well, it's hard to stumble in the six wins in your first seven games. Yeah. Uh, so I give them credit. Am I buying them as a contender? No, I'm not. I, I I've watched a, a a decent amount of their games, and where I give them a lot of credit is situational football, because it that I don't think gets a, enough discussion when talking about a good team we look at the roster you know you look at the quarterback how well do you play on third downs how well do you play in the red zone uh how well do you play at end of quarter and end of half situations or i i shouldn't say end of quarter end of half situations Mm -hmm. and end of game situations uh those are all factors in the winning and and, and the giants are doing that well right now uh but from a talent perspective no i'm 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 not buying them being an, an nfc contender but I've also seen in this league that when you get some momentum and your guys start to believe, uh, that goes a long way. And the other part is, and Eagles fans know this right now, 
there aren't that many good teams in the NFC, yeah. right? If NFL, if, yeah. If, if, well, if uh, I think the Chiefs and the Bills are really good, yeah, yep. and then that, you know that's it. But uh, in the NFC, it's it's hard to come up with you know with with your playoff teams, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, someone has to win the NFC South, and I don't know who that's <laughs> uh, you know so. And, and the same thing, by the well, the, the Vikings are, are good in the, in, the, in the NFC North, but there's a lot of teams that we thought were, were going to be top of the conference teams, whether it's the Bucks, the Rams, the Packers, and they haven't played to that level. Uh, so I'm not buying the Giants in terms of being contenders, but like I said, you, you, you don't stumble into winning six or seven games. You, you, you have to be doing the right things for that to occur. Zach, I'm surprised to you that across the league, outside of the three teams we just mentioned, that the NFL is so mediocre this year. Very. Uh, because I, I'm – look, this isn't like a, a, a controversial take. I tend to think that if, if you have an, any elite quarterback, you're, you're going to be in the mix at the, at, at the end. So it, it surprises me to see teams like the Bucs and the Packers, uh, the, I mean the Rams to an extent – have have the record that they have right now. Uh, it seems every week I pick the Packers because they have Aaron Rodgers, and uh, I, I'm I'm sorry, Gunner, it hasn't worked out that way. No, uh, no, then, I'm I'm not surprised one bit. And then uh, you know the the Bucks, yeah, that's a team that in addition to Tom Brady has had so much talent. It shows you the the importance of line play. Those offensive line injuries have really affected them. The injuries that they've had at, at wide receiver have have affected them. That said, uh, if 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 those teams can just get in, you don't want to see Aaron Rodgers in January. Yeah. You don't want to see Tom Brady in January, and that's what I keep going back to. Is I, I talked about playoff baseball earlier. Playoff football is not that much different than regular season, but what is different is is it's one game, and when you have the better quarterback in that game, um, that makes a huge difference. So if if you're an Eagles fan, which I imagine everyone watching this is. You don't want to see Brady or, or Rodgers in January. No question about that, you know. But do you think it's more so uh, about the coaching as opposed to being uh, the way, you know, these teams uh, with the talent comes? I mean, you look at there's teams that are great talent on them, but just not playing up to their capabilities. So I tend to, you know, try to equate them to coaching. You know, what happened to, you know, the Rams as far as coaching and, you know, teams like that? They're just not in a position to be be great. You know, what is it? What do you, what do you think it is? I actually don't think it's coaching. I, I think it's more personnel related, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think Sean McVay became a, a worse coach overnight. Okay. Um, but I think that when we, not we, the four of us, but uh, let's say the general perception of, of, of teams does not often pay enough attention to the quality of the offensive line. Yes. And, that's definitely, yep. and that's why I, you know, last year when there was talk about the Eagles being in a, in a rebuilding year, they had questions at wide receiver, they had questions at quarterback going into the season, obviously questions on, on defense. I said when, when they have the offensive line that they have, they're going to be in games. And uh, you saw that late in the year, right? The offensive line took over. What you're seeing now in Tampa Bay and Los Angeles in particular is the offensive line play is, is not it, – it's not where it needs to be, and that affects everything else. Green Bay mm-hmm. – uh, you know, they lost Devontae Adams and they thought they could replace him with um, with second, you know, with a second round pick and a fourth round pick. And that hasn't worked out. But even still, they've had injuries on their offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, they've, they, they've had a, a lot of moving pieces. 
and so I I go back to offensive line play. I think that is such a big difference, and uh, and that's why some of these teams that are, are supposed to be heavyweights are are struggling. And in the Bucks case, it wasn't for a lack of planning. I I mean they've lost some key pieces right. on 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 that line. In the Rams case, I think that's a it's been a, a, a money crunch, and they you know you lose Andrew Whitworth. At left tackle, huge. Uh, that that's that's had a huge. major effect on them. Yep. Yeah, Zach, you've you've had about a year and a half to to soak in Nick Sirianni. Um, just give me your overall assessments here. Whether and I don't just mean hey they're six and zero this year. I mean just kind of what your sense is of where this is headed with him and the way the players respond, game day, etc. Yeah, I I give Nick so much credit because uh, the play you used the word how the players respond. Well, that that locker room is behind Nick Sirianni and. There's things that he said and things that that he's done that um, in the beginning were kind of criticized for, you know, that's like what a high school coach does or a college coach does. But I'll tell you what, this is a close locker room that, that believes in Sirianni in number one, number two, he, he, uh, he knows he's, he's, I think he's put a good coaching staff together. Number one. And what I, I respect about this coaching staff is they've they've built matchup offenses and matchup defenses, right? So it's there's some teams that are on you know they're they're like offensive drivers as opposed to defensive drivers. And what I mean by that is they're gonna say, This is what we do on offense, this is what we do on defense. You try to stop us on both sides. Mm. The Eagles, that's that's not really the way they operate. What they do is they say, all right, this is who you have on defense. This is who you have on, on offense. How can we build our game plan this week to play against that group? Um, and that's why you see some weeks when they're throwing it 30 times, and you see some weeks when they're run heavy, and you see some weeks when it's screen heavy, and some weeks when they challenge you downfield. And defensively, you see some weeks when they're blitzing, and some weeks when you know when, when they're playing more softer coverage, if you will. Um so much is predicated. They 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 talk about flexibility and, and and versatility, and they're not the only team in the in the league that does it. But I think they they've done it really well, and that starts with Sirianni's approach. Hey Zach, you know while we're giving credit where credit is due, let's let's go to Shane Steichen. Um, and I've said a couple of weeks ago, and I continue to stand by that until further notice. The way he has called games and kept defenses off balance. I think when it's all said and done at the end of this year, if this continues to be the trend, he will be more of a head coaching candidate than Jonathan Gannon um, in, in a lot of ways because everybody's looking for that next great offensive mind to be their head coach. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Steichen's done a, a good job this year uh, in terms of calling plays, knowing the rhythm of plays, towering the system to his his uh, quarterback. This ties into the previous answer. Nick Sirianni, he talks often about his, his college coach saying mm -hmm. players not plays. Right. And then it's 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 players formations plays. Uh, and we pay so much attention sometimes to uh, a coach or a coordinator coming in with a scheme. And I give more credit to a staff and to a coach who adjusts to the personnel that they have. Right. Um, and Shane Steichen's done a really good job calling plays to Jalen Hurts' strength, the, making it work with the quarterback and the system that he has. And you call a different offense when Jalen Hurts is your quarterback than when Phil Rivers is your quarterback. That's 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 the reality of it. And he he's done a, a good job adjusting to that. And 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 the same thing 
it you know it, it starts at the top with with Nick Sirianni, and I've I've seen too many coaches who think that the system is the star, right? And what this coaching staff does well is they build it and they feature around the players that they have. Zach, how about acquisitions they've made? To me, I mean, there's been a lot that have really helped them. But man, Bradbury has blown me away at the level in which he's playing. Yeah, this this is like the 2017 offseason in the sense mm-hmm. that how he how he's made it, the decisions Howie Roseman has has made have worked really well. Uh, he's he struck gold on so many of these, and it's different than 2017. In 2017, they took some lottery ticket signings that worked out better than they even thought. You know, mm. Chris Long and Patrick Robinson when they signed those guys. On that day in late March, they didn't expect them to have the contributions that they did. The difference this year is is these were more bigger ticket signings. James Bradbury, Kaiser White, these guys were signed to start for them. I mean, Sean C. Gardner-Johnson was traded to start for them. I mean, Hassan Reddick's a different category. A.J. Brown's a different category. But the the guys they're paying big money to, you know, in, in particular uh, A.J. and Hassan, they're playing like big money acquisitions. Um, but you you mentioned Bradbury. You mentioned, you know, I, I mentioned Kaiser White. They were they were strategic with the timing of it. They were strategic in terms of what they were looking for. And Bradbury in particular has, has made a major the, – the jump from Steve Nelson to James Bradbury, and this is no disrespect to Steve Nelson, but that's changed the way Gannon's able to call defense, yep. and it's changed the way this defense has looked. No, absolutely. You know, when you talk about Bradbury, Bradbury at this point has allowed them to – not blitz because of how good he is. And they took a I minute. Mean, they really took a um, a shot in the dark would get him because he didn't play this well last year. But the team as a whole with the Giants didn't play well last year. Looking at Bradbury, looking at that secondary, do you think Gannon um, will start to blitz more after self-evaluating what went on the first six games, uh, especially the last game where they didn't get a sack? Do you think they'll start blitzing more? Do you think they'll start stay with the same, you know, because they're winning. They're six and oh, so they're winning. Do you think he sticks with the same scheme that he's been doing? Um, I'm not evading the question, but I really mean this. It depends on the quarterback, depends on the offensive line. There are going to be certain quarterbacks where, where they're going to throw heavy blitzes at them, right? Right. right. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. can see Kenny Pickett this weekend being one of those yep. quarterbacks that they do it against. Yep. There, be, there are, are going to be some quarterbacks where they're going to say, you know, we're going to play off you here. Um, you know, we're going to try to win. And the offensive line, too, not just the quarterback, right? But uh, we don't want you to run free, number one. And, you know, we're going to try to get in with our four or our five. And uh, and, and you're going to have to throw the ball well on 10, 12 plays to beat us. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, it's really a matchup-dependent situation. All right, Zach. Well, listen. We'll we'll let you go, man. Get yeah. Get yourself a good drink. There you go, brother. You you be good. We, I know Gunner. Gunner will do that to you, man. He will do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We understand. Yeah. No. It's always Gunner, man. He's always doing yeah. something. Man. That's all right. That's all right. I got broad shoulders. I, I got kick, broad shoulders, baby. Yeah, I kick as I love. Zach. Uh, so we'll check out your work, of course. The Athletic. What, give us the uh, the name of the podcast so everybody can take a take a listen as well. Yeah, Birds with Friends. Uh, it's it's Bo Wolf, Marissa. Uh, I was about to say Marissa Morris, Marissa Dunn. Now and 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 me and and it's three days a week we'll be on this afternoon awesome. make sure to check us out all right we'll yeah, do zach thanks for the time man always great great thank chatting you, with you man thank you very much absolutely thank you
All right, let's get a quickie here, guys. We've got Mark Jackson on the other side. We'll keep it rolling. We'll get back to the Eagles in a little bit. We'll talk some Sixers with Mark when we return. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk Pro Action Restoration. Yes, Pro Action Restoration is the place that you call if your home, your business, or your property has gone through the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, you name it. They're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. I've gone through it, called them on a Saturday. They got right over, cleaned the place up. Crew was professional clean the price was reasonable they're also licensed bonded fully insured they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades proaction will work in conjunction yes they will with your insurance company whether it's water fire smoke mold remediation you name it they can handle it give them a call 610-623-3760 610-623-3760 or online at proactionrestoration.com that's proactionrestoration.com welcome to pond lee hockey the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles.
Welcome back in, everybody. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. Great to have our next guest on. We haven't talked to him since, I think, the playoffs last year. Uh, but it's always awesome getting his insights. Of course, out of Roman Catholic Temple University, play for the Sixers 04-05 season. And, of course, you can catch him every pre- and post-game show on NBC Sports Philadelphia. The one and only Mark Jackson. What's happening, Mark? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing tonight? What's going on, man? Your world, man. man. It's your world, man. What's going on, bro? (laughs) Not much. Mark, we're trying to figure out, you know, we know it's early, so you don't get nuts here, but what's happening with the Sixers, man? Is this just a matter of everybody chill? It's four games. They're finding themselves, et cetera. Or there's some other things that you say, and got to get corrected here. What's going on with the Sixers? It's a mixture of both, man. It's a mixture of the team is – the team is new and the nucleus being put together and it's going to take some time for these such, such major pieces to gel. Um, like if you think of the starters, you have, you know, Maxi, James, Tobias, Joel, now PJ Tucker, and now you're sixth, seventh, and eighth men are all new guys. Um, it's going to take some time to gel, to find a rhythm, to find what's the best way to play the game uh, together as a nucleus, as a whole. But also, with that being said, we're not cookie cutters here. We're not, we're not going to sugarcoat nothing. What's interesting about that is it is some, some trends that's happening that I think Doc is going to look to address. Um, this team is going to look to address and become better overall. Hey, Mark, how perplexed were you to hear Doc say after that loss to San Antonio, basically, we're just not ready yet? And, I mean, Boston came out of the gate ready. Milwaukee came out of the gate ready. And it looked like a lot of his guys just aren't in shape. How does that happen when you've had training camp preseason and the the bulk of your nucleus, your starters at least, have been in this system? They know what is expected of them. Great points. Great points. So you look at it like this. Um, first of all, like all major sports, training camp has been cut in half. Yep. Actually, I think to a third. Um, the amount of time what you're able to do in training camp is significantly less than what you're able to do. And you have a veteran league team. Veterans in the NBA don't come in in 100% shape. They come in around 70%, 80%, and then the first, after the first month, then they, they reach their top condition. Uh, that's just how it's always been in the NBA. Back in the day, a lot of guys in the NBA would not come in in shape. They would use training camp in the season to get in shape. So, respectfully, in, in the NBA, veterans don't come in 100% top condition. That just doesn't happen with 99% of veterans. You don't do that. Because then if you do that, then you won't hit a wall. So you come in good enough shape, you come in 70%, and then you left training camp and the first month of the season to get you there. Uh, you talk about the nucleus these guys been in the system and compared to Boston. Boston and everybody the same except for Brogdon. You know, they have one piece. This Sixers has four key pieces that's going to play a part in this game and this system for this team. Mm-hmm. So th- those are things that – you know me. I'm not one to sugarcoat nothing. These are just right. facts. The fact of the matter, they got a lot of new pieces. They got a fifth starter, and they got three new guys coming off the bench that's trying to fit in. So that, you know, as far as that's concerned, Boston only has one new piece. So that's the biggest difference. Milwaukee only have no new pieces. They have the same unit there. Uh the Spurs, uh, the, the loss of the Spurs, that was eye-opening to me. That was all effort to me. That was um, a team got outworked by a bunch of young guys who came in shape 100% uh, at mm-hmm. their peak. 
Um, and they got hit. They got hit good with that. So that's how I see those first three games. Mm, okay. Well, is it is it is it is it the game? Is the game still in a way that you know we can run our system with Joel being the main piece in the middle? I mean, to me, it's more of a, a small gun and run game. You got bigs that just get the ball out and you just go. I mean, is is that the type of league is, or or can we still compete? at the level we need to compete at with the, you know, Harden and, and Joel, you know, pick and roll type of game, you know, can they compete at that level? Pretty much you're asking, can we win with a center being the, the nucleus of the team? Pretty I, much, right? I, 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 I was trying to say that. I don't want to just throw and beat under the bus, bro. <laughs> I mean, but that's the time. Let's get a fact here. Uh, you know, but okay. I understand what you're saying. So if you look at the, the, the teams that have won championships as of late, uh, Golden State, Milwaukee, that's pretty much it. So, so uh, <laughs> the Lakers, the Lakers in the bubble. When you look at these teams that won, yes, they all those, those except for the Milwaukee, the Lakers and Golden State pretty much have perimeter guys as their focal points. Uh, I don't know what we call Giannis, but a freak. Like, I don't know if he's a perimeter guy. I don't know what he is. He's just, he's just different. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I understand your point. And here's my thing. Uh, one thing, so some trends on that note that bothers me is this team in the NBA is 24th so far in four games. I know it's early people, so don't at me. This team is 24th in the NBA in points per game. This team is the last in the league in rebounds. This team is 25th in the team in assists. Yes, I'm only bringing in four, four games, a four-game thing. I know you say, look at the whole picture. Well, we play four games, so that is the whole picture. Uh the pace when you got your well, you got James Harden. This is not going to be a running gun team. Uh, this is just not. That's not a bad thing when you have other pieces to go around it. For me, looking at this team, I, the the only question I I had for them as the only piece are they missing? But I think they may have on roster is are they athletic enough? Are they athletic enough to get up and down the floor and get some easy buckets? I don't think. I think when every I don't care how tough you are. You know, Philadelphia fans, and if you're from Philadelphia, you're, you're born a boxing fan. You just like boxing. So <laughs> when I put in boxing analogy, do I want to go toe-to-toe every single round with every single fighter? I'm not saying I don't have the skill to, but every now and then it may be nice to be from the outside, work the jab from the outside, work the, the check hook, stuff like that from the outside. It may, those things are good for me because even though I'm capable of being toe-to-toe every single, I got to grind out every single point in every round, is that really feasible? Is that really the, the best scenario for me to eat, eat up to a victory? So what I mean by that is to translate that, correlate that to basketball is when I look at the Sixers team, my question is I would like to see some buckets in transition. I would like to see some buckets that maybe uh, some three-on-twos three, uh, three on twos or two-on-ones in transition, easy buckets, not always uh, slow the tempo down, uh, run a set, one-on-one, toe-to-toe as a boxer would do. And I think Maxie's the key to that. Are we taking full advantage of Maxie's capability to fly up and down the floor like a yeah. uh, in-shape yep. thoroughbred? I I don't think we are. Um, I also think I said it when, when we got P.J. Tucker. I thought that was a great pickup. But my question is, will P.J. start? Will P.J. pay 38 minutes a game? So if that's the case, and it's very important, I might know what I'm talking about a little bit because I said this before the season. When you have, if you start PJ Tucker, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid on your front court, are we athletic enough and fast enough to get up and down and compete with some of these teams? There you go. And Doc mentioned it last night in a post presser. He said, 
Well, you got Tucker, Tobias, and Joel. He said, we got to look at the speed of the game. He actually said those words. So, uh, you know, I go back and I, and that's the only question I had. So like, would I like to see maybe uh, House Jr. get more minutes at that three spot with that team? Maybe it's Matisse get some. I just think we need, and, and P.J. Tucker is a soldier. He's a warrior. Great human being, by the way. That nucleus of P.J., Tobias, and Joel, are they going to get us easy buckets in transition? I don't think they will. Mm-mm. And I think Maxi is a thoroughbred, ready to win a triple crown. Mm-hmm. But can he do it by himself? Are we taking advantage of his ability to get up and down the floor? Are we getting rebounds or miss shots, advancing it to Tobias? I mean, uh, Maxi, and Maxi's pushing the tempo, pushing the pace. He don't got it. He bring it up. He run a set. Or May basket, take it up, pass it to Maxi. Him push up the floor. We got something to transition. We don't bring it up to run up set. Are we doing that consistently? No, we're not. That was my argument last year, and I'm going to bring it home again this year. I think we need to look to get some easy buckets in transition. Now, if we can't do it like that, some other ways to do it is defensive deflections that leads to fast breaks. That's another way to do it. Mark, I'm so glad you brought that up because just Monday on this show, I said when you look at a maxi, it's like you have a road runner playing with a bunch of anteaters in terms of speed <laughs> up and down the court. Whoa. I'm going to have a that. But is there jagged? But see, when you look at most of the opponents they're going to play, it's a faster-paced game. I'm glad you brought this up. Is there a balance? I mean, it's, is it going to be jagged the entire season? Because you got Maxie who can take off in a given second. He's got to stop and wait for somebody to come help him. Whereas these other teams get out, they've got people on the wing with them. Is it, is it going to be jagged all season? Because I don't think this roster is built for speed. It's built for comfort. Go ahead and finish your sentence. Go ahead. You <laughs> 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 say it's built for comfort, huh? You're wrong for that, man. Let me finish it for you. But, uh, but that, what you're saying is facts. I don't. I won't call them ant eaters because I think Tobias can get out too. I really think I've seen Tobias. I've seen Tobias up on the wing with Maxi running in transition on makes and misses. But I, are we taking advantage of it? It's spurts, absolutely. It's spurts. Yeah. But one thing was interesting about that is we have different people can say. And here, let's let's look at the other side of the argument, gentlemen. The other side of the argument is okay with that starting five with those four other guys, not excluding Maxi. Do we have those thoroughbreds? We might not. But we coming off the bench with some. Dave House Jr. likes to run a gun. Anthony Melton likes to run a gun. Montrez Harrell can get up and down. So we do have some thoroughbreds ready to come off that bench to give us another look, to, give, to kind of switch the pace up a little bit, to give us different ways. And last night versus the Pacers was the most minutes that the bench players, excuse me, the rotation guys have played so far in the first four games. And we have 37 points off the bench because they got an opportunity to play more minutes. And I think that's something that's going to have to be looked at because the fact is James Harden, Joel Embiid are some of the premier players in the league, right? But they're not running gun guys. No. But we do have other pieces on this bench that are. I said it, repeat it, um, House, Melton, Montrez, Matisse, if we decide to get him a look or not, that can get up and down. We're going to say, we know for a fact Maxie is. So, like, 
we have different ways to do it. And, I, and I, I'm glad Doc mentioned it yesterday in the post-game presser on how he wanted to take a look at the speed of the game with those, uh, the, the, his, the, those nucleus of the three front court players in the game at the same time. And what, he didn't say this, but what adjustment could he make? I'm very curious to see what would happen. Mark, what do you make of, of Joel so far? I mean, we know he had the, the thumb surgery. We know there was plantar fasciitis that he was dealing with. So it, it's, you know, it's understandable to an extent that he maybe wouldn't be in the shape that he had maybe reported the last couple of years. But there are times, and I don't mean last night or San Antonio necessarily, but he looks kind of disengaged or just just sort of like out of it a little bit. What do you think is going on with him? Um, I just think, so it was interesting. So during the first three games, I kept telling Jimmy Lanham, I kept, kept telling Amy, I was like, look, you know, uh, Joel's rhythm is off. She was like, Amy was like, what do you mean? I said, his rhythm is all like he hasn't played much basketball. Mm. Like, meaning he didn't look, he doesn't look out of shape as far as body-wise. When I stand next to him on the court, he, just, he looks in shape body-wise, which means he ate well. He ate like, he ate the things, it looked like his, his eating habits made his body prepare for NBA season because he doesn't look thick. He doesn't look... He doesn't have the round trunk. He, mm. he looks defined. You know, he looks in shape. And that, that a lot, you know, 80% of conditioning is about what you put in your mouth. Pause. So, like, he's, he's, he looks that. But here's the thing. When I was seeing that something's up, something's up, they're like, yeah, he don't look in shape. I said, he might not be in basketball shape, but I said his rhythm is off. I kept saying that. And what I mean by rhythm is you only get rhythm. You can do all the drills you want in the world, but you only get rhythm out playing basketball. Five on five, three on three. That's the only way you get a rhythm. And his yeah. rhythm did not seem like it was. And so leading the first, so when Doc came out and as she said, he was dead of a planet for shedding, I said, what's that mean? What, uh, uh, there, it is, there it is, there it is. You know, so that explained it to me why his rhythm was off. Does he seem disengaged? He just seemed like a person out of rhythm. Can I look disengaged at times? Absolutely, guys. It can look like somebody's disengaged because their rhythm is just not there. They're not in tune. They're not in flow with the pace of the game, which may, sometimes make them look like they're in no man's land. And that's what it looked like with Joel a few times. Hey, Mark, uh, again, based on a four-game sample, what are we to make of Thibault's role on this team? I mean, I'm thinking, why is he back? He can't even get off the bench. Well, that's a good point. That is true. But I think they really want to see what can they get from this nucleus, these guys who they brought in to play, play many minutes. Respectfully, Matisse Thibault's top five players in the NBA as far as defensively. Top five players in the NBA defensively. Maybe top ten he gets second team. But to me, he is the prominent defender in the league. And one thing that the coach is and the organization say, we need some guys that can play both ends of the floor. Matisse is great defensively. He's also a liability defensively. Can he get better? Yes. Can this be his year? Yes. But we've been saying that since his rookie year. Can we get him progressing throughout the season to give us something on offense? And they said, you know what? We're trying to win a championship right now. If we wait on him and see if he can get it to us, like, are we going to be waiting the whole season and never comes? But we can bring some guys here that has shown him the ability to play both ends. Montrez Harrell, so he's a scorer, he's a rebounder, he's a, he could be a tough guy. P.J. Tucker, great defensive guy, prominent, prolific three-point shooter from the corner. Uh, Melton, 40% three-point shooter last year, also a defender who can be a combo guard, so you know he gives you both. 
House Jr. has been a 3 and D guy, shot over 40% last year, high 40s last year. So we bring in guys that have shown that they can do it now. We don't have to guess the thing, is it ever going to come? They show that they can do it. They've been proven they can do it. So I think they want to give these guys who've shown that they have been proven that this is how we play. You don't have to guess if we can do it. We've shown you year in and year out that we can continue to uh, bring that to your ball club. So that's why I think he's out of the rotation now. Mm, well, okay. well, let me ask you this then. So, I mean, will there be a problem when you put those guys in, when you put in Melton, Harrell, House, P.J. Tucker, and then you put in Tyrese Maxey? You start, you you come out with that lineup. Will, 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 you know, will your top guys be able to deal with that? Deal with, I'm going to say, uh, will the top players be able to deal with playing with the rotation guys? Absolutely. And I think that's something that Coach Coach Doc Rivers would, would look to do. Like so, so right now, so not it was the uh, Milwaukee game. So let's go back to the Milwaukee game. I, you know, I was sitting courtside with a friend of mine. Sitting courtside, I'm watching. You know, I'm I was raised by my grandmother, guys. We had this conversation. I like soap operas. So it's a game within the game when you watch an NBA game. So even though the NBA game up and down, you see the guys that score. That's the young and the wrestlers, right? But me looking at the coaches and how they do their subs, that's as the world turns to me. So it's like two different soap operas going on. So it's my grandmother and me. My grandmother was Ida Bell Jackson. She raised me and she done a great job raising me. So for me, I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm watching this soap opera go up and down, looking at the score. That's as the young and the wrestlers. But I'm looking at the bench and how Doc is subbing. That's as the world turns. So I'm looking at two different soap operas at the same time. So for me, I'm looking at that bench and I'm like, how is he? So Doc, during the Milwaukee game, was searching for pieces to fit. Who plays well with others? He, people was getting pulled a little sooner, getting put in a little sooner. He was actually playing chess during the game with his bench or his team to see who fits. And, and here's the crazy part. He only played four preseason games. The magic number of preseason games was eight or nine. Now it's down to three or four. Normally people do this in five, six, seven, and eight preseason games, but you don't have that capability. So now you have to do it in on-the-job training, in-person training, how to see who fits. So I was watching the game. And during the game, I'm texting Amy and Coach up in the, in the content room like, yo, Doc is really searching for the perfect rotation for this rotation of guys he's going to use. I'm watching, like, okay, Montrez Harris out. Okay, Montrez Harris out. Okay, P.J. Tucker's in at the five. P.J. Tucker's out. Okay, George Yang's in now. The George Yang. So he was searching. So the answer, to make the very long winded, but the answer to your question is, he's trying to see with that second unit which starters he can leave in with certain rotation guys. Right, right, so they can right. Have right. a good nucleus of bench points as well as defense with no let off. So Tobias and Maxi with. House, uh, uh, Montrez, and Melton, or James Hart with those guys, Joel with those guys. He's searching for the pieces to fit. But that's the chess match. And unfortunately, because preseason's been cut down to half, or some mm -hmm. teams a third of where it normally is, you have to do it when the games count. And I was watching that Milwaukee game and watching Doc do that. Yeah, you're Mark, right. I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same thing, man, because I had all that, man. You know, that's why it takes to the fourth game for NFL teams. To, to, to really see who they really are. Exactly. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't throw in all my children while you were <laughs> uh, because, 
See, that was that was my soap back in the day when my wife would go to work and ask me, hey, can you watch all my children for me and tell me what happened? I'm like, what? And I got hooked on it. But anyway, uh, how, how much pressure How much pressure is Doc under this season? Oh, oh, it, it, look, Doc's a great guy. He's a great coach, but he's also a realist. He knows he's under pressure. You know why? Because what do we need? The 76ers needed people that could play both ends of the floor. So respectfully, my guy, George Nye, I love him. He knows he's my guy. But respectfully, the defensive end, he, he was kind of pointed out to be kind of a liability on defense last year in the playoffs, and his mm-hmm. shot wasn't falling, so he kind of became a liability. Respectfully, even though he now loves it, that's my guy. Uh, Matisse. Matisse won the best elite defensive league, but he didn't give us none offense. Respectfully. He wasn't in the shots. He wasn't given his ability to create off the Joel, so he was kind of defensively one way. Furkan. Is my Turkish brother. We share Turkish coffee together. We speak Turkish together. But he understands. <laughs> wait, 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 like, wait a minute. You speak Turkish? Oh, I lived in Turkey for two years, but I spoke it fluently. Spoke wow. Fluently. Okay. Oh, fluently. So it, it, he knows, like, man, I got my opportunity. I was up and down, up and down. He was inconsistent. Even though I think he improved as a ball handler playmaker, and I thought he's better defensively, but his performance was so up and down. So we come back to now. They brung in pieces that was consistent. They brung in pieces shown over years they're consistent with how they play. And Matisse wasn't consistent. This, this nucleus of God's arc that's shown they're consistent, it takes time, man. It takes so much time that you have to scratch your head. Like, But what we did get, with, and it's not funny, so I'm not making it as a joke. But Maury and my man Elton Brand sitting up like this. We got every piece we needed to get. We got additional scores in De'Anthony Melton and Montrez Harrell. We got two-way players in House Jr., P.J. Tucker, and Montrez Harrell and Melton. So we got every piece that we needed to get with the roster, a spot, and the money we had available. Doc, the pressure's on you. Yep. They sitting back like this. We did our job. So, Yes. To answer your question, and along with the way Doc is feeling the pressure as a coach, because he understands, like, what we we needed some pieces, then they got the pieces we needed. Mm. All right, last one from me, Mark. You brought up soap operas earlier. Uh, Ben Simmons fouls after the second time in three games last night in Brooklyn. Rips the referees. It has not been a pretty start thus far. Uh, What do you think happens there? Does he get acclimated, or is that going to be a uh, square peg round hole thing? I think he's in a perfect situation. I think the perfect situation where he's not – he doesn't have – Ben doesn't want to score, gentlemen. He never want to score. He never want to score. He wants to be a playmaker where he gets everybody else. He's a pass first, pass second, pass third kind of guy. He's not a scorer. He's in a situation where he's surrounded by two of the most prolific scorers at their position in the NBA, as well as when Seth gets back and he's healthy and Joe Harris is once and healthy and um, a Royce O'Neal – He's surrounded by shooters. Now, here's the, 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 the thing what Ben has to adjust to. Ben's going to be the five on that team. I know they got a guy playing the five now, but their best lineup is Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Seth Curry, uh, uh, Joe Harris, and Ben Simmons at the five. So mm-hmm. he has to be a point five now. That's who he has to be, which means in transit, he can rebound, he can push and create get in the lane, finish for dunks, or drive and kick. KD, give ball, KD the ball, or give Kyrie the ball and stay in that dunk position. It's going to take time for him to adjust because 
in that situation, it's a, he's been his whole life in a situation. He's the point four. He's dominating the ball. With Kyrie and KD, he's not going to be the guy who uses uh, uses on the ball. Uses is going to go down drastically. So he has to find ways to score and find ways. And his assist is not up because he's not the primary focal point on handling the ball. Kyrie and KD is right. So it's going to be an adjustment. But I think if he if he relishes that role of being a, a, a defender, a facilitator, being more of a Draymond Green role, then I think that team is very dangerous. But he has to find that. But here's the other thing, respectfully. KD's a killer, guys. KD's not passive-aggressive. KD's aggressive. He's a killer. So if you put in a spot to go score the ball and you don't, that look you're going to get from KD is not the look you would get from Joel Embiid. The look you give him, Joel Embiid, like, it's okay. Maybe next time. No, no. KD, like, why you we shoot that ball? He's not going to yeah. say he's going to give that look. Like, you know, he's at a grocery store. Hey, your mama told you don't touch that damn cereal. Hey, you got that look. That's right. That's the look that's KD right. gonna give to you. So that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure for him. So he has to find a way to adjust in that role. But I think if he flourishes in a Draymond Green role, he'll be good. But he's not Magic Johnson, guys. And that system, he's not gonna be Magic Johnson. He has to be Draymond Green. He has to be a point five man. All right, Mark. Thank, thanks for your time, man. And great catching up you, with bro. you again. We look yeah. forward to talking to you during the season. You do an awesome job with Amy and the coach on NBC Sports Philly. All right, days of our lives. Days of our lives. That's right. All, all my children. <laughs> all my children. We got a hospital. Yeah, guiding light. We got it As all covered, the world man. turns. That's it. <laughs> Mark, we'll let you get back to the soap operas, man. Enjoy. All right, man. Uh, let's get a quickie here. Guy, what a, this is a show. We get Jim Salisbury next. We just keep it oh, rolling, yeah. guys. Yes. Do not this, play around. This is a great day. Man, oh, man. All right, we'll get a quick timeout. We'll come back, set our sights to the Phillies. At 2 o'clock, we'll talk NFL and the Eagles once again. We had a Monday night game last night with some weird stuff going on there, so we'll talk about that. Don't go anywhere. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. I want to tell you about Station Tap because Station Tap, to me, when you look at you know all the great alternatives and options that you have this weekend coming up, and this is October 29th, so we're just four days away. It's the Fall Fest, all right? The Fall Fest, October 29th from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., live music with Round Tower, beer garden, kids' costume parade, food vendors, craft vendors, Station Tap open with outdoor seating, Fern Boulevard, Drexel Hill, get on out. They have amazing, amazing food, all kinds of craft beers on tap, Every option that you could possibly want, and you can take care of the kids as well. Again, it's the Fall Fest Station Tap Catering. This is October 29th from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. Live music with Round Tower, Beer Garden, Kid Costume Parade, Food Vendors, Craft Vendors, and all. Station Tap. You don't want to miss it. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. 
Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low-interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Bear Brooks on this Tuesday. We are Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Just wrap things up with Mark Jackson. A little bit before that, we spoke with Zach Berman. We will uh, momentarily be speaking to Jim Salisbury from NBC Sports Philadelphia. Talk about that World Series matchup between the Phillies and the Astros coming up Friday. Isn't it torture, guys, that you got to wait these five days until there's a game? You get so used to it almost every night or every other night. And that's the problem, man, because we've had we, – we, we had them – you know, back to back to back to back for the past yeah. two and a half weeks. And then all of a sudden we have to wait now. Come on, man. You know, I'm not patient. I'm not patient at all. I want, uh, I want it now. I want it now. I'm enjoying this moment. Serenity now. I'm enjoying <laughs> this this moment. Uh, the drama continues to build. The excitement, the exhilaration. Um, I can't wait to see it unfold, but I'm enjoying this moment now. I told you guys I'm in a different place. Uh, these days and, and I just want you to know that I can't wait for it to happen but I'm going to enjoy the process of getting there oh you're you're, you're trusting the process Isn't trusting nice? the process yeah, Derek Hinky. that's nice look at Bear's face right now yeah Bear, I'm not trusting I, anything yeah Bear why can't I just be me why can't I just why can't I just enjoy it what uh, that, what that, that was what? that was absolutely yeah. terrible yeah 
What do you mean it was terrible? It was sincere from mm -hmm. the heart, the left side that pumps blood. Why can't why can't I just enjoy that moment? Because there, you know, you're ready for this thing to start all up. You 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 just want to be a contrarian. That's no, all. I haven't. That's the second time you've used that word in this show, Barrett, in the past hour and a half, and uh -huh. I, I'm offended by that word. I'm not a contrarian. Okay, I will not say. I will not call you contrarian again. Now you can call me whatever you want. I just don't have to agree with it. <laughs> no, I, I'm not a contrarian. I am a a stirrer upper. That's what I like. You're to call Woody them. Woodpecker. Yes, That's what I. Yes. You are Woody Woodpecker. I kind of exactly. like to think of myself as yes. Wiley Coyote, Yosemite <laughs> Sam. Yeah, uh, people are right. like who? Yeah, yeah so most bro, people don't even know who the Looney Tune car car cartoons are. Bro. if what would we? What would Jim Salisbury? He's an alpha male cartoon. Uh, what, what would he? Would he be Bugs Bunny? I think he would be Bugs Bunny. Oh no, Foghorn Leghorn. Foghorn Leghorn. Perfect right. for him. That'd be perfect yeah. for Jim. All right. Well, guess what? He is up right now. Let's see if he approves yeah, there he Derek's description. Jim, are you buying that, man? No. Foghorn Leghorn, that big chicken. I am not Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say. I said Bugs Bunny because you can do it all. You know, and underdog. Like I'll be underdog. Here we come to save the day. I, I always used to have I had a crush on three poly purebred. <laughs> I did. We, we're learning a lot, Jim. Hey, these kids, they don't know what the hell you're talking about. No, right they're like, who? Polly, your purebred was beautiful. She was. Yep, she yep, was hot. Yep, yeah. Yep. Go, go oh, back to YouTube, man. kids. Uh, so Jim Salisbury joins us. It's good to have Jimmy with us. Uh, you can check him out on Twitter, at Jay Salisbury, NBCS, and, of course, uh, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Amazing job covering. Jim, your your work, uh, you know, has been par with what the team's doing, man. You're on fire right now. I will tell you that. It is must-read kind of stuff of late. Well, thank you. Um, it's, it's, you know, we get into this business because we're storytellers and we enjoy telling stories. And this has certainly been a good one to tell. I, I love the way you painted the whole walk, uh, Harper approach, approaching, stepping up the dugout. Uh, we know that Real Muto was up before him, but, you know, where to get it, we give the whole line that he throws out there and, and long reacts and, and ever the whole build up to that when he was talking to Real Muto. Can you just kind of account for that for maybe people who didn't get a chance to see your piece? Sure. Um, you know, it's the bottom of the eighth. They're down by a run. Um, and um, Real Muto's leading off that, off that bottom of the eighth inning. And uh, he walks up the stairs to go out to the on-deck circle. And Harper is right behind him. And Harper says out loud, basically to hitting coach Kevin Long, but a number of people heard him, including Bryson Stott and Dusty Wathen. He said, let's give him something to remember. And Kevin Long responded by saying, go do something cool. Mm -hmm. And they, I think on both, <laughs> yeah, it worked. Uh, he succeeded. He certainly did something cool. And he certainly did uh, give a, you know, I was going to say 46,000 people something to remember, but uh, an entire region something to remember because everybody's kind of captivated um, by this story. And, you know, hey, look, there used to be that old commercial, Philly loves a winner. Mm. And obviously Philadelphia loves winners, but there's something kind of unexpected and surprising about all this that I think has even grabbed people a little bit more. So it's been, mm. you know, Harper, that home run, those are the type of home runs that kids and adults see and they talk about forever. You know, they're, yeah. they're right. like the Nazaroski home run and, the Dick Sisler home run back in 50, 
Um, and the Joe Carter home run and the Matt Stairs home run and the Carlton Fisk home run. Um, they're home runs that, you know, you're sitting around uh, at a 4th of July cookout or Thanksgiving or uh, even, you know, in the barbershop. And, you, you know, it comes up and people, hey, I remember that one. I was there for that one. They get talked about forever. There's they're timeless, iconic moments. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of them in this town. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was another one, and yeah. it was really great to witness. Hey, Jim, a lot of writers that I know, and I want to know if you did this as well, not just this past series we watched, but the entire playoff run, you get to a certain point in the game, you start to write your storyline because you think you have a true BIC. You know what I'm <laughs> going to ask you? How many times did you have to change your story narrative the way these games unfolded across the playoffs? It happens all the time, all season yeah. long, because you know, you're pushing the button with an early story right after the game. Uh, I'll tell you a story. I think I have an old computer in this house. Somewhere in this house, uh, I have an old computer that says, from 1997, (laughs) that says the Cleveland Indians won the World Series last night. I had to rewrite it because, if you remember, the Marlins rallied in that World Series and won it. So it happens all the time. And I'm sure in this computer I'm speaking to you on, I had two stories going at once. You have the split screen. Wow. You you have the story about um, this, you know, this surprise Phillies team and their improbable run continues with uh, a two nothing win because Reese Hoskins hit that home run. Right. And and you you don't have the two and the zero when they have XX, but you're kind of feeling it's going that way. And Zach wheel is pitching great. And so you've got the story working that the Phillies are headed to the world series on the strength of a Reese Hoskins home run and Zach Wheeler's great pitching performance. And then Sir Anthony comes in and it's raining. Um, and he allows two runs on three very uncharacteristic wild pitches. Um, he allowed two runs. And um, anyway, the Padres take the lead. So now you start working on a story that says, you know, ready for game six in, in uh, San Diego and Aaron Nola is going to get the ball and, so to answer your question, yeah, you changed it all the time, and, and I had two stories going on that one, and um, ended up, you know, Harper hits that home run, switch, switch screens, and start, start, you know, pounding on the one where they won, and try to, you know, you're looking up, you're looking down, and, and you're trying to capture, and um, and then, you know, you send that one, and then after you kind of can, uh, you can kind of take it all in and, and go upstairs and, and write like a second effort. And uh, that was the one where I wrote about him coming out of the dugout. Let's give some, let's give everybody something to remember. And, you know, just speaking to a lot of people and trying to capture mm-hmm. one of my favorite parts of the story is how I ended the story. Um, you know, Nick Castellanos gets the final put out and catches the final out in right field. And I'm chatting with him about it. And, um, you know, what'd you do with the ball? I gave it to Bryce. I said, wow. He said, uh, he said, yeah. I said, this is for you, you know, this is for you, bro. This is your time. Mm-hmm. And it was really poignant and really in, uh, I, and kind of it's all about, they really are, they're a team. They really kind of care for each other. I mean, you guys have, you probably have seen teams where the guys didn't care for each yeah. other and just kind of blah. And when the guys, I know it's one of the cliches, but you play for the guy next to you. It's become a cliche in the last 10 years, but when it's really organic and it's natural and it really is happening, it can be 
really special. And I feel like all these guys have each other's back. They play for each other. And they, you know, something Kyle Schwarber told me two months ago. He said, and he's been on a lot of good teams. He said, all the good teams are close. They're close teams. And this is a close team. It's something John Cruck told me, told me in 2011. I was at the All-Star game in Arizona, in Phoenix. And I was at the airport the next morning. And we were talking about the 2011 team. And they were obviously a great team. And um, I, I told them that, you know, all the players, they chartered a – Halliday or Hamels or somebody chartered a plane, and they all flew out there together so they could have fun together and go to the All-Star game together. And he said, that's one of the reasons they're good. They like each other. They get mm-hmm. along there. They're, they're close. They're, they're happy. They're enjoying it. And, and it's true. Um, and he's, I see this quality in this team. They're close. They enjoy each other. They get excited for each other's big moments. And, um, you know, instead of stuffing that ball in his back pocket, Nick Castellanos gave it to Bryce Harper because, quote, it was his time. And so it was a really neat, neat moment to see. Wow, that's incredible, man. You know, and, mm. you know, going through, going through, you know, when, of course, when we got Castellanos, we got Schwarber. And so we knew he had that. We knew he had some offensive firepower, rail mutual on those guys. But, you know, you look at the starters, you got Zach Wheeler. You know, you got Ranger Suarez, you got Nola. We knew they were going to be okay. But when did you say, all right, this bullpen's going to be okay? Or did you ever think they were going to be okay enough to get us to the World Series? Uh-oh. I made him freeze that question. That was such a good question, Derek. <laughs> that it deep literally, in thought. He's deep in thought. It took Jim's internet out. It was that great a question. I mean, you, you just fire off questions that could affect a lot of different things. <laughs> He fires off comments that affect a lot of different things. <laughs> what? We're gonna get him straightened out. Don't Not worry. I. No. We're like, don't try. No, no, don't try to use D guns. Xander's gonna get Jim back up. Never me. That is, isn't it funny? Like, how many times does that happen when we ask this question and then you're, you're like waiting and you're like, oh, oh this goes, man. It's unbelievable how that happens. I swear to God. Because I've never it. asked that question to anybody, man. But I, I really question. want to. I want to know. Did did you? Get comfortable with our bullpen at any time. Did you All right, get Jim, Jimmy's back. Him? Jimmy's back. All right, Jim. So Barrett, tee it up again. He might. Have- I'm sorry, I, I got the question. I got okay. the question. Um, are you guys hear me now? I'm sorry. Yes. About that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got you. We got you. Okay. I got dial-up internet out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on, Jim. Before you answer, funny story. Really funny interruption story. Okay. Uh, these guys make fun of me because I was when we were getting those bad storms. I, I lost internet a bunch of times. I had to run up to like a local panera in my neighborhood okay <laughs> so i got so obsessed with getting things straightened out at my house that i was i was like on the street looking for like xfinity workers i'm not even kidding you okay <laughs> i i found this guy and i swear to god so he he knew who i was and i'm talking to him and he says you're not going to believe this i was at jim salisbury's house not all that long ago to, to straighten some th- i that's swear right. to god that's right and, and that's right that's crazy i swear to you and he says yeah we got him taken care of he was having some problems and he's all straightened out and you're going to be good to go too. And I knock on wood, we've been okay since. But I swear to you, that is real. I am not kidding. But anyway, well, every time the wind blows out here, we uh, I live in Westchester. Every time the wind yeah. blows, we lose electricity and internet. And like maybe there was a gust of wind. Yeah. Maybe it was, maybe. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. you raised. Did we lose it again. No, yeah, you're back. Right? You're back. You're um, Barrett asks about. He, he, you framed the question around. They got. Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez, 
and then the bullpen. That's what's making this very improbable is they only have three starters they really trust. Yeah. Well, that's why only went three yeah. deep. Yeah. <laughs> they can't come up with a, with a fourth starter, um, you know, and they've twice patched it with, you know, kind of a quick start from Syndergaard or Bailey Falter, and Bailey Falter, a really quick start. But they've, for all intents and purposes, bullpen games, and they've won both of them. So just one of the many things on my list about why it kind of feels special on top of, you know, Gene Segura hitting balls a foot off the plate and the St. Louis Cardinals all-star closer melting down and Castellanos having an RBI single off the second base bag. But when did I realize, you know, if you remember a little bit going into June, they make a managerial change, Schwarber and Hoskins go crazy. They start winning. All of a sudden, the defense got better, and the bullpen actually had about three really good months. Mm-hmm. When and it kind of coincided with Sir Anthony kind of getting his confidence and getting his good health because Canable was struggling. But Alvarado came back from the minor leagues after a kind of a brief tune-up down there. He came back a confident pitcher, a different pitcher. Sir Anthony got healthy. Um, you know, Bellotti's done a really good job. Hand had a really good stretch. Kind of hit a wall here. Um, so the bullpen did it for a while. Then they struggled a bit in September. Um, the big thing in big thing here is what I'm seeing in the postseason is other than that fourth spot, they're getting innings from their, from their starters. I know Ranger had one short one, but for the most part, they're getting innings, especially from their big two. And that's allowed them to, you know, not have to overexpose their bullpen. And you got Alvarado and Dominguez really pitching well. So you can kind of go to those guys. I know Sir Anthony had a tough one the other day. Um, you hope it was just the weather and not confidence. Probably was the weather. I mean, we were sitting up there. You guys are probably there. I mean, it really started to rain hard. So, yeah. Um, I always thought the bullpen had some talent, but hey, it's still in the back of your mind that they need to continue it. You know, I don't, I, I don't know that they're like padlock, lock it down every game bullpen. They need to keep pitching well. They need right. Alvarado to keep pitching well. And they need, um, and they need uh, Sir Anthony to keep, to keep pitching well. So that's kind of been, you know, one of their recipes for success. But you know, when you have the third best record in the National League after June first, I mean, some things have to go right. And the bullpen actually was one of the things that went right a good number of of games uh, after being really a fatal flaw and preventing them from making the postseason the last two years. I, I just want to point out, you know. They would not even have made the, the improbability of this all of all this. They would not even have made the postseason last year because they were the they are the sixth seed in the National League. Mm-hmm. That spot didn't exist last year. That's right. Right. Um, right. They wouldn't have been in. Conversely, if there was a sixth spot, they would have been in several times in the early two thousands. So um, it's you know they won eighty seven games, which you know the you know I, I've seen teams the. 06 uh, Cardinals had fewer wins. I mean, they got in and they got hot. Phillies have got in and got they got hot. They, Braves only had 88 wins last year and they won it. They got in and they got hot. But the Phillies, as the sixth seed, had 24 fewer wins than the number one seed, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Mm. That's amazing. So that's mm. just testament to get in and get hot. Or if you're a good team, get in and stay hot. Mm. And it also is, it makes for a very, very entertaining tournament because you don't know what the heck's going to happen. I'm sure the folks in L.A. and 
uh, in Queens. New York, yeah. yeah. Queens are disappointed because they had 100 win teams that that exited. Um, but you know it, that all makes it a great story. Yeah, I mean, look at the look at the Phillies in 2011. You know, I mean, yeah. they were they were in the same boat for sure. Red hot team. Jim, I, I want to hit you with two things here. Two, I think, seminal moments, and I don't necessarily mean the bat slam or Har- Harper's home run, but you brought up one of them. You go back to St. Louis. I don't know if they escape St. Louis if they don't come back and win this game one. They put up a a you know they're down three nothing going into that that last inning and or two nothing sorry and, and going into that last mm-hmm. inning and they just explode and 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 they win that and then the catch the, the Castellanos makes when Atlanta almost inexplicably came back out of nowhere. I mean those two moments to me real early in the journey are like. Everything could have changed there. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I went to the the after that game one in St. Louis. I went to the interview room and and I, I asked the first question of Rob Thompson. I said, "Do you feel like you stole one?" Because you know it looked like they were going to lose that game. They did not hit all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the St. Louis Cardinals bring in an All Star closer throwing a hundred and two. A guy that the Phillies saw during the regular season a couple times, and he looked great, Ryan Helsley. And all of a sudden, the guy can't throw a strike. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like they stole one. I do feel like they were given one. Mm. But in addition to when somebody gives you something, you got in sports, you got to take it. Right. They gave you an opportunity, but you took it by having good at bats and by being selective and not chasing out of the zone. And then when you get multiple guys on base, Gene Segura just displays unbelievable hand-eye coordination and gets your big hit. And then all of a sudden, after not hitting all day, oh, we get a little confidence in the dugout. Schwarber sacrifice fly, uh, big hit by was it uh, who had uh, was it um, uh, Brandon uh, Brandon, Brandon Marsh? Yeah. I mean, I think in a lot of ways the Cardinals gave it away, and, and the Phillies were fortunate. But the Phillies, you know. A good athlete takes an opportunity. A good team takes an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And they took it, and they made good on it. And that sort of turned the whole thing around. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, the next day, Harper hits that early home run and get a great pitching performance. And um, just – so, yeah, I mean, it could all be different if it wasn't for that moment in St. Louis. It could be all different. And um, it could be all different. Reese Hoskins' non-error in game two. True. Um, right. That could have been terrible, but they came back and, and they and they won game three and four against Atlanta. And, you know, it's almost cliche to say, you know, Philadelphia fans are great. They support their teams. They love winners. They're passionate. They're loud. <laughs> you know, this home field and these fans, you know, have become a weapon for this team. Mm. <laughs> You know, it, not, it, it, it's mm-hmm. it swept the Padres. So yeah, you're right. It's become a weapon. It's it's, yeah. it's a diff, it is a legitimate difference maker. Like, like you know, having a good player in your lineup, they have this sort of tenth man type quality or eleventh man, whatever you want to call it. The fans in that ballpark, it's a difference maker, and these guys are feeding off it. Um, it's it's not just a supportive crowd and a loud mm-hmm. crowd. It is a. It's almost like another man in the lineup. Right. It's giving these guys an incredible, I don't even want to say intangible lift because you can almost see it. You know? Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Hey, 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 Jim, can you put it in this proper perspective because you, you're with this team every day. Just how badly Harper 
wants this when you consider he leaves Washington and then and next year they win the World Series and he's like what what the heck so it that had to be in his back of his mind leading up to this particular journey no question um you guys have seen it you know great players they have everything this kid was on sports yeah. Illustrated cover when he was 16 he's a two-time MVP he's an all-star he's won the all-star home run derby he's got humongous contract but you know I think there's a validation that goes with being a champion. Anytime you play in a team, any sport, even like tennis or individual sports, you want to be a champion. That's, that's a measure of you as a competitor, uh, a measure of your talent, a measure of a measure of you as a teammate. And I think those things are important to him, but you know, look at all the great players that have played out there that never won a championship. There's, right. there's that little thing that's missing. Yeah. Um, you know, the, that little thing that that's missing. And, uh, you know, he's been in the league now, what, 11 or 12 years yeah he broke in when he was 19 he's 30 right it's got it's got to be right around there yeah so yeah look if he retired tomorrow he is in the hall of fame no question okay and he'd have a nice big plaque with all these accomplishments on it there's still one thing that's missing world series champion and so yeah i think it's very important to him um it's, but it's very important to every guy in that room. Very important mm-hmm. to every guy in that room. It's why you play to be a champion. Um, you know, you win an MVP. I'm sure that's a great memory, but there's nothing like a memory playing on a championship team. You know, I don't know that they have reunions for MVPs. They have reunions <laughs> for championship teams. Mm-hmm. And you always have that brotherhood, you know. Um, and they do have a championship yeah, yeah. now. They have a National League championship. But the big one is still out there. Harper – really articulate, articulated that well. So he was asked a couple – and I think we all can safely say that it was the biggest hit of his life, his yeah. career, best swing of his life, best most impactful hit of his career, whatever. But, and, you know, he stopped short of acknowledging that because he, I thought brilliantly said it. You know, when when you're in the backyard and you're playing wiffle ball and you're, you know, hardball, whatever you're playing, and you're dreaming of having the big hit, 3-2 count, game on the line, you know, you're not dreaming of game on the line on June 13th and you're not dreaming of game on the line in the LCS. You're dreaming of the game on the line in the World Series. So that's where you want to do it. So that's why he stopped short of saying it was the biggest hit of his life because he wants to try to do it again in the coming week. And the way he's going, I mean, I saw him carry the team for three and a half months last year. Now he's really carrying it for two and a half weeks now. The way he's going – and those Houston Astros are really good. Mm, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't put anything past them. Mm. You know, and you can't downplay how the other players are going to play for him because of that. You know, I'm a witness of that because I won a Super Bowl trying to get Jerome Bettis yeah. to win a Super Bowl on his last year in front of his hometown. You know what I'm saying? And then we won a Super Bowl. We may not have been as talented as the teams we played to win the Super Bowl. But we want it because of Jerome and uh, and us coming together. And I see the same thing kind of happening with uh you know with the young guys. You know you got you know you got you know Stott and all those guys want to run it want to win it right now for 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 you know the guy of the team. You know so the MVP of this team for sure. I think they want to win it. Definitely, everybody has Harper's back. But JT Realmuto is a great player and a great teammate. He's Never won it. Zach Wheeler is a great pitcher and a great teammate. He's never won it. Aaron Nola is one of the finest gentlemen you ever, will ever meet in your life. A great teammate and a great pitcher. He's never won it. 
Rob Thompson is one of the finest gentlemen you ever meet in your life. He's never won it. Wow. Adam yep. Schwarber has won it, but he's probably the best teammate in that clubhouse and the leader, I will tell you, the leader, the guy everybody looks to for that intangible know-how. He's one of the most inclusive people I've ever been around in, in a locker room setting. 27, big guns, loves them all, brings them all in. <clears throat> so they want to win it for all those guys. Um, for, for all those guys. It's, it, it's, it's, it's really – it's not just Harper. Mm. Trust me on that. It's not mm. just Harper. Harper's the showman, and he's the guy who delivered. And that they want to win for Reese Hoskins. Mm-hmm. I mean, Reese Hoskins is amazing. He gets booed. You know, I have people walk by the press box all the time saying, "Get rid of Hoskins, trade Hoskins," and then you know, you know, they boo him. The guy never puts his head down. He never complains, and then he gets hot, and everybody loves him. So. They want to do it for Hoskins. He's never been. It's true. Right. He, handle, he handles the booze better than anybody I, I've I've ever encountered, Jim. Did you, hear, did you hear his brilliant description about Philadelphia during the Atlanta series? Um, tell, tell us. I mean, I'm sure you heard it. He, you know, people like to say, you know, you know, they get on you when you're good, or when you they get on you when you're bad. They love you when you're good. I and we've all heard that, and we all agree, right? He. I thought summed it up really succinctly. He said Philadelphia is an honest market. Wow. Yeah. It's honest. It's yeah. honest. And that, yeah. you know, they, they do. The perfect they, answer. They yeah, it's well said. You're talking about a guy who gets it's it. It's an honest did. market, and he never puts his head down, and he understands it, and he understands how bad they want it. And uh, he said he's another one. So there's so many great stories. So many guys have never been there in that clubhouse. And – Look, they love what Bryce did, but they 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 really, really pull for each other. They really pull for each other. It's not, it's not fake, and maybe it's a product of just the winning. It's like what comes first, the winning or the chemistry, the chicken or the egg. But I don't know. I I, I do believe it started when the manager got fired, and they looked in the mirror, and they knew they were part of it, and then they won eight in a row, and. They got this underdog manager who's never done it before. And when you have a team of superstars making bazillions of dollars and you got a baseball lifer who gets his shot and all he cares about is, is trying to help you guys and make you guys look good, uh, I, I just think they rally behind him. And I think they appreciate that underdog quality. Hmm. And the togetherness starts right there at the top with, with uh, Rob Thompson. So, so Jim, as we sit here today, and you look at this matchup coming up against Houston, what's what's the storyline going in? I mean, Houston is unbelievable, but you look at their pitching staff with Val, you know, Verlander, you know, Javier Valdez, McCullers, and a close look Presley. What, what's the initial storyline for you going into this series? I got a bunch of them, man. Um, one of them you just kind of uh, talked about. Their pitching is is great and, and deep. I think the Phillies got two good ones at the top. Phillies need to need to pitch well. They need to catch the ball, and you can't walk people. And you got to get timely hits. Um, but you know, not giving extra extra base runners is going to be huge. And you do that by not walking people and don't give them four and five outs. Make the plays you have to make, and then make a great one now and then too. Um, so Houston's pitching is a big storyline. Houston, the powerhouse that they are, a big storyline. I mean, they get this Jordan Alvarez, who's who's a monster and hits bombs, and he's a, hits three hundred. I mean. He's tough. They got a lot of great, great talent. You know, 
Um, Bregman and Altuve are great players. Uh, Jordan Alvarez is a great player. They have a Hall of Famer going to pitch game one and Verlander. So their greatness and can the underdog Phillies continue their improbable mm-hmm. run? That's a big storyline. Um, you got the old Wiley veteran and, and Dusty Baker who's never won a World Series and he's universally respected and, and I would even say beloved. Can he get his first World Series against a underdog manager and Rob Thompson who was a you know, a lieutenant all these years and finally getting a chance to be a general and be a damn good one. So that's another storyline. And then, you know, I, you can't ignore the fact that, I mean, the Astros have been really great for a number of years, been, like, been in six of eight ALCSs, and they've only won one World Series, and that was in 17. And, oh, by the way, that's tainted. Right. That's yeah. tainted. Yep. There's no question that's tainted because of the cheating scandal. So they have enough guys still on that team and the franchise and the, the brand, et cetera, that want to prove that they can win one legitimately. So mm-hmm. there's that that is driving them. And I see that as a big storyline. I think it's driving them now because they're 9-0 in the postseason. They look like a you know, a juggernaut that's just going to steamroll everybody. Well, can the underdog Phillies not be steamrolled? We're going to find out. But I, I do think – I mean, you guys know great athletes find motivation in anything. Yep. Yep. You know, Chris Schilling was a master at finding motivation in anything. And, you know, I was just reading – I'm reading this book about the Patriots. <clears throat> and Belichick is a master. Whenever he felt feels like his team is slighted, he is a master at using that as motivation. He drops it in, in a team meeting and uses – like, you guys have been dissed. You guys have been slighted. Well, the whole world wants to know if the – you know, the whole world thinks the, the – um, Astros cheated and their rings are fool's gold. And, you know, if, if, if they're not motivated by that, the guys that were there to, to win one legitimately and, you know, maybe take their ring and put it on a certain finger and hold it up to the world, then, you know, they're, they're, they're losing a, to me, a real valuable piece right. of motivation. So that's a big storyline yep. that I think is going to fuel Houston as well. But, Man, the world loves a good story, and these Phillies are a good underdog story. That's right. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Jimmy, awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, looking forward to your work and continue the great work, and we'll check you out, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Of course, uh, I'll, I'll check you out on Twitter as well. Jay yeah, podcast. We've got a good podcast, me and Corey Seidman. We're at uh, Phillies Talk Podcast. Give that a listen if you would. And that would yes, be- absolutely. Always worth it, man. You guys Thank you, brother. Job. Jim, thanks, man. And, and uh, safe travels to Houston. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Appreciate All it. Right, Th- thank you. All right, you got it. This kind of guy Jim was. Jim was getting like – he had like a maintenance dude over there at the house, you know, getting everything done. He had a window. You know how it is. With, you never know what these windows. They give you a window and it's like five hours. As soon as the uh, window was up, he said, check, check with him with me. See where we're at. Guy left, boom, comes all of them. So that's kind of guy Jim Salisbury is. Um, all right, we'll get a quickie here, guys. We'll come back. We'll turn our sights to the uh, to the NFL. We'll talk about last night's game, some other moves that are made, some trades, some injuries, and we'll do a little buy and sell. We'll do all of that. And by the way, 2.30, your opportunity but to potentially win tickets to either game three, four, or five of the World Series. You won't get that anywhere else but right here. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, let's talk about Flynn Tree Services. Yes, Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. So, do you have any type of issues in your yard or on your property? If you do, they're just a quick phone call away. 
They are experts trimming all types of trees, and they service southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, and tree pruning. Now, keep in mind, we've got the storm season here. We've got some bad winds. You can get crazy this time of year. Now's a great time to have your trees evaluated. Make sure those branches aren't coming down on wires in the yard, hurting somebody, et cetera. Go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call right now. 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks for hanging out with us. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Tuesday. Just wrap things up with Jim Salisbury. All right, so let's talk a little NFL, fellas. 
Uh, we had a game last night. Bears beat the Patriots 33-14. to Chicago scored 23 unanswered points in the game. One Convincingly. The yeah, right. I mean, the second half, they own them. Um, New England looked for a little bit of a jolt in the first half, and they made a quarterback change. Mac Jones got benched. Your guys, both of your two favorites, Bailey Zappi came Zappy. in. Zappi. Zappi, Zappi. And they got a couple quick ones, although – you know, they were sort of making it out like Zappy was dealing. Now, granted, he gave him a little bit of a spark, but there were a couple of great catches there along the way that aided that. Um, nonetheless, so you're thinking, all right, New England's got some momentum. You know, here we go. But then Chicago in the second half, man, just said, see ya. And, and you know, you wanted to kind of start believing in New England again, and then that happens in New England to a bad Bears team. And, you know, Justin Fields we, we showed you the insane athleticism that he had. Um, what did you make of the game? I'll start with you on this one, Barry. You know what? I, I I loved it because I like how they were running the rock, man. I mean, it, they they just, especially in the second half, they just rolled over that left side, man. There was nothing, nothing the Patriots could do over it, man. Montgomery was balling, you know what I'm saying? And the second team back was also. I love how they took control of the game, and, and I love every time something like that happened. They run the ball, they run the same play two times in a row, and they get a first down. Mm-hmm. Then they pan right over to Belichick. And when they pan to Belichick, you can see the disgust in his face. Like, are we getting our ass kicked by the Bears? Yep. By the Bears? Mm-hmm. And you could tell that's the expression he had on his face. Yeah, he did. So that was like, to me, that was like amazing, man. I love the fact that he just beat him up like that. They beat him up all, all the way up and down the field defensively. They were, you know, they were balling. I mean, it, 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 that was a great win, you know, a great win for them. They needed that. Oh, his name Khalil Khalil Herbert. Herbert. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The running back. Yep. He was good, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. What'd you think, Derek? Uh, Chicago Bears finally looked like an NFL team last night. Um, I thought that was the best overall game they played this season, and they finally let Justin Fields be a quarterback. Uh, They let him throw the ball, and you know, he displayed that arm strength he had at Ohio State. I mean, that Mm -hmm. dude can flat out throw the ball. But even more so, I loved his athleticism. How many times did yes. he pirouette out of danger to buy himself time, either to tuck and run or to look down the field and throw the football? Um, the Bears don't have a lot of weapons on that team, but they utilized every asset they had last night to the fullest. The defense has been playing decent for them all year long. It's just that the offense has let them down. But when you look at some of the defensive personnel they have over there, they, they can ball on defense. You know, um, it's just a matter of the offense holding up its end, end of the bar- bargain. And now here you look at the Bears team, another team that's, what, three and four now mm-hmm. in a mediocre NFC. You know, this is a team, too. I mean, I don't see them going anywhere, but if they can get hot, they can hurt a lot of feelings um, in the NFC as, as teams try to jockey for a position. If there was ever a wide-open field for teams to get into the playoffs, a seven-team format, this is it in the NFC because, because the teams that we thought were automatic – um, you know, from Green Bay to, to Tampa Bay to the Rams are not automatic ends. And that's opening the door for a lot of other teams to get in the back door. Yeah, look, well said. Well, and, and conversely, how am I supposed to take New England seriously? You know, right. <laughs> honestly, you know, you want to, you, you started to show some signs of life, you know, a little bit, and then you revert back to that, whatever that was last night. It just, I'm not buying them. I mean, they got some disruptors. Judon's having a great year and you yep. know some other guys, yep. but you can't get beat up like that by the Bears at your place. 
Well, see, New England, that's, an, that's another thing. It's not the defense in New England. It's the offense right. that's killing them. I mean, they've got some players on that defense, mm-hmm. but the offense has been failing them time and time again. And I thought after what Mac Jones did last year in terms of being steady Eddie, you know, he set that record for the most com- consecutive completions for a rookie quarterback. I think his touchdown to interception ratio finished uh, 22 to 10, which is not bad for a rookie quarterback. I thought he would improve on that significantly, mm-hmm. but he has not. And to the point now we're talking about a guy named Zappy who should change his last name, by the way, at least Zapp, you know, not Zappy, you know, change your name, bro. Well, yeah. He's not changing his name because he's we not like Zappy. Zappy makes us happy. Zappy, Zappy, <laughs> change your name. Man. My name, my name is Zapp. Dang it, not Zappy. <laughs> no, but you know what, man. I, I just think they got they got out physical, out muscled. They got outplayed uh, physically. They got dominated, and that, and that's I think that's the biggest thing that Belichick's gonna harp on. You know, for the next couple of days, going into their next game, we got beat up up front we got our physical we got overmatched uh by their offensive line going against our defense not offensive line going against the off- defensive line but offensive line going against their defense they were mauling them up front and all of a sudden you know uh, the back would be in a crowd and all of a sudden he'd squirt out for another yeah. five six yards that's just total domination they had over 200 something yards rushing on him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On a Belichick team, yeah, man. Oh, he's pissed. The times they haven't changed. Yeah, bro. Right now, he is pissing fire right now, bro. <laughs> he wants to fight somebody, man. You can best believe they're in today. They probably got full pads on right now as we speak. Yeah, wouldn't because they got out muscled, man. Did he say? Did he say pissing fire? Did he yes. actually say that? Well, yeah. here okay. you know. Here's the other thing. <laughs> The longer this, okay. they're three and four. Okay, so the longer this goes on, and they struggle, the more Belichick's going to have to answer to the, you know, hey, was it all Tom Brady? Yeah, I mean, he just is, mm-hmm. whether he likes yes. it or not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Jets make a, I th- what I think is a really good trade for a a sixth rounder that could become a fifth, and it's pretty attainable. He's probably it's probably going to become a fifth, but uh, they get James Robinson from the Jaguars, which is I think a great move for them. They they lose Brees Hall. You know, you could plug, and this dude can handle the, you know a, a big volume of carries because the Jets have become a running team smartly. You know, and I, I think Joe Douglas man keeps making quality moves. That's a good job out of him. A consistent running back who's shown the ability to go out there and really pound it when they need it, and has a little bit of. Um, explosiveness, you know what I'm saying? He's more of a lateral runner than a, I mean, uh, a straight up and down runner. He doesn't move quick on the outside, but I mean, this is a great pickup for them. It'll keep them going as business as usual. And, you know, this Jets team, you know, they, they're still taking receipts, man. They're still taking receipts, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? This, this, they're, they, there's going to be a lot of people to account for how they talk about this Jets team, I guess. Think about how many people, including us, were snickering at Robert Sala when he held up those pieces of paper. We're taking... We're taking receipts, and we're like, "Yeah, okay, man, you better be careful what you're saying here." Right? Um, you know, you, you know. I mean, hey, you know, considering where this team was last year and the way you're starting this year, you better wait a little, pump the brakes a little bit before you let your your anger and your emotions get the best of you. But lo and behold, yeah. right now through seven games, man, them receipts are stacking up. But the Jets <laughs> basically, basically, Joe Douglas went out and found himself a younger version of Brees Hall. That's what he did. It was a yeah. great. That's why it's such a great move for him. Um, because he's, you know, put your foot in the ground, go. That offensive line, the way they're blocking right now, that running game, you know, um, is is a, is a Robinson is the perfect complement to what that offensive line has been doing mm-hmm. in terms of controlling the line of scrimmage for their Absolutely. running backs. Yep. Um, and, and so 
Yeah, I think they got him at a steal. Yeah, great move. Absolutely great move. No question about that. J.C. Jackson done for the year. Dang. Oh, um, yeah. dang it! Yeah. That's the last thing they can afford any yeah. injuries. Okay, that, no, they're, they're teetering, man. They're they're, you know, that, we're talking about the Chargers. Uh, that, that's a quality. well. He would already been benched though. They had just benched him because he's yeah. the way he was playing, and then yeah. he gets hurt for the for the year. I mean, that's that's yeah. Some some bad football going on there. Mm. Some yeah, bad they're juju. four and three now. They're four and three. The Chargers. I, I think that uh, I think D Gun kind of you know he's always kind of. Putting the roots on them, you know what I'm saying? He, he, the he, roots, he, yeah. You put roots, explain roots it because a lot of people don't know what the roots are. So explain that. That's an old they southern. Put a, yeah, yeah, it is. You know, you put a, uh, you put a, um, a, 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 like a spell hex. or a spell, magic or a on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Maloik, you know they call it the Maloik too. Yep, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I mean, he did something to them because they have not been right. They just can't get right. It ain't been right in a long time. So, I, you know, I, I mean, you know, player for player on that team, they are. They got some quality, quality on that team. I don't understand why they don't um, play better than than you know, with, especially with the talent that they have. It, well, talent. Well, it's lack of talent now. I mean, anytime your starting left tackle goes down, now you're starting wide um, corners out. You know, I mean, it's just it's got a lot going on, man. I don't understand. The right tackle was went down too, also, right? Did a right tackle go down? Uh, yeah. Yes, and I don't know how long. I don't know what that's that. They yeah. lo- They already lost. Uh, yeah, they lost their left tackle for the year. They lost their right yep. tackle, uh, but it, I don't think it's for the year. Yeah, that's just you know they got a lot of problems. Yeah, they, they, and I, I'm I'm not sure that coach is up to it. I'm just and, and, uh, yeah. And, well, there's a lot of coaches in that division that aren't up to it right now. <laughs> yes, well said. We'll get to them, and we'll get to that team and a couple others in a second with buy sell. But uh, just just back to this one too. I mean, we've probably seen the end of an era here. The Matt Ryan benching. I'm not sure we'll see him again as a starter unless somebody gets injured. That's probably it, um, you know, for him at this point, at this juncture in his career. Does does he want to go the Flacco route as time goes on and continue to play football? He might. I mean, I, I could see him maybe going into that role. No. Nah. shock me, but I don't know. He's going to come right on back here to, to, to the suburbs of Philly, live like a king. Yeah. That's what he's going to do, man. I mean, why, why would you do that? Why would you – why would you – Going out, you know, right now, even them benching him, man, it's, it's, it's saying something, you know. And I can see if they benched him by a, um, an heir apparent, a quarterback that's going to be, you know, the future. I don't think Sam Ellinger is going to be um, the future for this franchise. And the bencher for a guy like that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I me, mean, I understand, you know, he's, he's you know, Ellinger, you know, was starting quarterback in Texas, played well, but I don't think he was even drafted. Was he even drafted? Oh, he's he drafting the sixth round. Sixth round. I was going to say he was a late round. Yep, sixth rounder. Well, sixth rounder. If what I read is true, that Frank Reich wanted a more athletic quarterback under center to do more things in terms of the rollouts and maybe quarterback tuck and runs, there has to be some truth to that when you consider that Ellinger bypassed Nick Foles altogether right. to become – he leapfrogged right over Nick Foles, who has a proven track record of being able to succeed in big moments. Uh, so maybe there's some truth to that in terms of Matt Ryan was holding that offense back because he was such a stationary target. Are you going to run RPOs with Matt Ryan? Heck no. Are you going to run uh, option play with Matt Matt Ryan? No, he's yeah. not that kind of quarterback. So maybe there's some truth to that. So we're going to find out because, again, here's another team. The defense is okay. It's yeah. the offense that's killing. That's the third team that I've mentioned. The defense is fine. The offense is killing them. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why they are where they are. 
They always say defense wins championship with offense. Yeah. Get your headlines. Yeah, you know, that yeah. definitely, you know, puts butts in the seats, man. And, yeah. and yeah. they just don't have it. You know, especially with Jonathan, um, Jonathan, uh, what's his name? Uh Taylor. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Uh he's 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 been he's been kind of iffy as far as you know his uh his health. So they really can't run the ball like they want to effectively every single play. So, I mean, it, it, that's tough on that team, man. You know. Well, I, I think there's a big reason why we're talking about Saquon as much as we are because even though Dayball may not have the type of quarterback he wants, he does have an athletic quarterback who is not afraid to take off and run. I mean, that dude had 100 yards rushing last week. And because the defense has a focus on Daniel Jones, it opens up things for Saquon in that backfield. Well, you're right, man. It's tough, man. You and, and when you look at you look at everything they're asking Saquon to do. Not only is he, you know, playing, you know, wildcat quarterback, he's running efficiently at everything that inside, outside, playing physical, man. But the defensive side of the ball is what's winning for him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just playing so physical, especially on the tail end. You know, their safeties are in the box, hitting people in the mouth. And you know you want that type of player. That, you know that's that's exactly why they went out and got what's his name back. The uh, the safety they, they they cut um a, l- a good while ago. Who, who was that that came back in? Oh no, both of their safeties are out. They got two safeties out. Right. What's his name? Pinnock. Pinnock is out, uh-huh. and and Flot is out. So you know they they're they're running thin because they play so physical, man. But I just love how they just yeah. how they rally to the ball, hit people in the mouth. Then they'll tell you about it also. You know, this is perfect. You know, Don uh, Martindale, this is this is the great, you know, this is the great equalizer as mm-hmm. far as having a, a prolific offense. You can have prolific offense, but we're just going to come hit you in the mouth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? See how you react then. You know, all that, you know, prolific and, and throwing down the field and doing all that stuff. No, we, we're going we're gonna to make sure we separate you from the football. Yeah. It's amazing what they've done so far. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a little buy sell, guys. And we, and we, the buy sell uh, exercise. Hey, you left out. You left out one. The referee situation down in Tampa. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, for people who didn't see it, when they when the the Bucks uh, lost to the Panthers, they're coming off the field. They're in the tunnel, literally off the field in the tunnel. There's video of two officials approaching Mike Evans. Evans takes a piece of paper and a pen and signs something real quick and hands it back to them. So. <laughs> The, the appearance of it was that uh, they were asking for his autograph. The NFL did an investigation, came to the conclusion that it was not them asking for an autograph. Uh, further, as this thing goes on, one of the officials is from, I guess, the same hometown as Mike Evans. And they were, I think they, they were trying, either either the, the official was getting a number for a guy. Oh, Mike Evans was giving a number for a golf instructor to help one of the officials with their game is what the, what they're all claiming, right. uh, what the officials are saying. And uh, Mike Evans, I think, speaks today. I, he I, just, uh, according to Around the NFL, he came out and said he did not sign an autograph. Okay. He said basically they were talking golf. Okay. So Mike Evans confirmed that he did not sign an autograph. Okay. Now, based on the based on the league guidelines between the league and the referee association, a referee is not allowed to approach a player, coach, teammate, anything for a personal autograph. Right. But they are allowed through the league office, uh, the league office officiating uh, department. They are allowed to ask for memorabilia autographs if it pertains to um, a charity or a charitable event 
but they have to go through the league. So the, the league officiating office, so the league officiating office can request it of that team or that individual. Right. Yeah. Right. It, it was a bit, look, I, I, frankly, looking at the video, it looks like he's signing an autograph, but Again, I, you know, I, I don't know exactly what went on. And I think one of the things the league said in their statement was the officials need to be a care, be careful about appearances, meaning, you know, that doesn't look good necessarily. Yeah, it wasn't a good taste at the yeah. time, you yeah. know, and you, you got to be aware of that. I, bro, I used to talk to officials all the time. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes, you know, B. Brooks, come on, man. Come on, man. You can. I understand you're trying to hold him, man, but you got to be so blatant, man. I mean, if you get your arms away, I'm going to call it, man. But you can keep your arms in tight. If you keep your arms in tight, I'm likely not to call it, man. That's that's a conversation that goes out on the field. I'm likely not going to call it. But if you keep it in tight so it looks like you're trying not to let me see it, then I probably won't call it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's the conversation you have with the refs mm -hmm. on, the, on the field. It happens all the time. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that, that that's to me, I get it. But it, it's you're right. It's just a bad look uh, generally yeah. if you're yeah. if you're doing that. So yeah, thank you for for pointing that out, Gunner. We did want yeah. to get to that. That's yeah. for sure. Um, so the buy sell is basically you believing you get rid of it. It's all subjective. It could be based on what you've just seen, what you think is going to happen. You, you know, kind of wherever you want to take it. We'll start with the AFC. I think I know the answer to this one, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Jets, Derek, uh, Barrett, you go first. You know, you know, I'm buying, man. Buy I mean, I, I I love the weapons uh, that Zach Wilson has. You mm -hmm. know, he has a heavy hitters. You know, Corey Davis, a really good receiver. You know, he's not a guy that's going to outrun anybody, but he's going to debo people, kind of like what we have with A.J. Brown. So, you know, he's the equivalent, like, so I think, to our A.J. Brown. Elijah Moore is pretty good. Then they have the, the rookie, you know, Garrett Wilson. Right. I love what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. You know, they got James Robinson, but the defensive side of the ball, they, you know, they can play with anybody. You know, Sauce Garner's playing at an, at an all-pro level. So, yes, I like what they're doing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm buying all day. Okay. How about you, Derek? Yes, 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 yes on the Jets. I never thought I would say that when Robert Salas stood up there with those pieces of paper. I said, man, you're playing with fool's gold right now. And uh, lo and behold, at least through seven weeks, he's getting the last laugh right now. Um, their draft has been incredible this year. Uh, the team overall play, they're winning games nobody thought they would win. You have to take the Jets serious in AFC right now. So, yes, I'm definitely in on the Jets. Okay. All right. I 100% I'm in on the Jets. I think they're doing it the right way, and, and their lines are good. Yep. And they did a nice job supplementing the running back that they lost, too. Um, all right. So, let's go to the next one, the Dolphins. Mm. So, you know, they went on that, that funk where they lost three straight. They bounced back on Sunday night, although – you know, frankly, it looked impressive early, and it wasn't all that impressive as the game went on. Uh, but they won, and they beat a Steelers team that's not good. Where are we at with the Dolphins? Gunner, you get, you get first crack at this. Oh, uh, man, you will give me that. Well, right now, <laughs> right now, the Dolphins are the number six seed in the AFC. If Tua can stay healthy, and I'm still, you know me how I feel about Tua, sure. but if he can stay healthy, uh, I'm buying the Dolphins. I think Tua has enough. Uh, to get them in. But the thing that concerns me is he's, he's play, he plays fearless. You go back to the last game. <coughs> Excuse me. He takes off running, and he dives head first. He makes shoulder contact with the defender, dove head first, and everybody's going, oh, oh. Yep. He has to learn to protect himself from himself. If you can mm -hmm. keep him upright and breathing, I am in on the Dolphins. Barrett. I'm in on the Dolphins, you know, even though they're starting left tackle, Armstead is out. I, I still like the Dolphins. Um, I like what they have on the outside of the ball. They still got the cheetah there. Jalen Waddle, 
you know, that's probably the fastest um, wide receiver core in the league. Mm -hmm. You know, so they can run the ball, and you can add, you know, to that four by one, you can add Raheem Mostert to it also, mm -hmm. who's also a fast guy. Yeah, they play fast on the offensive side of the ball. Gazeki is, is still one of the better tight ends in the league. I like what they have on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Defensively, yeah. they can rush the passer. Um, I think uh, Jalen Phillips is finally starting to come into his own. You know, uh, as a pass rusher for Miami. Okay. I like him. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go with him. Um, they 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 just need to get back on track. You know, Tua was out for so long, they lost that footing that they had uh, as far as offensively. Defensively, I think they're going to be all right. But offensively, I really think that they, they need to get back on track. And it's going to take a game or two for them to get back to where they were playing before he got hurt, before okay. he got hit with the, um, you know, with all the concussions. All right, we'll pick it back up on, on the football scene in a second. But uh, joining us right now is Tom Giordano. Tom is one of the partners at Pond Lee Hockey. And, he, of course, if you if you know, and, and D. Gunn is a part of this thing, the Pond Lee Hockey postgame show on 6abc.com and Jacob Sports YouTube Network is absolutely killing it, destroying it as a Destroying it, yeah, they are. And he's one of our great partners with an unbelievable opportunity. What's going on, Tom? How you making out? Hey, what's up, Rob? Uh D gone, Barry. What's going on, man? Pleasure What's to the see deal? you. Guys. The show's awesome, by the way. Thanks, Tom. Uh, it's our it. pleasure, man. Are, are you swept up in the Phillies mania right now? I am. I'm, I am insane. I mean, I look. I'm going to be honest, though. I had no clue that this. I don't think anybody had a clue. This is bad. I am all in. The firm's all in, and you guys are giving us an opportunity. And I really appreciate your time today. Um, to make a major announcement. So if you follow at Pondley Hockey on Instagram, and I hope you all do. I know D Gunn does. Absolutely. Aaron Rob to do it. Okay. Um, we're giving away tickets. We give away tickets to, to our fans and Philly fans for every sporting event, Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers. But we are giving away tickets to every single home game for the World Series, okay? So games three, wow. games four, and games five. And, and we, we've given away, and we've given away multiple tickets. So all I'm asking for your followers, your subscribers, your viewers today is to follow Pond Lee Hockey on Instagram for more information. You're getting firsthand. Nobody knows this is happening. Um, you guys are getting you guys are getting the firsthand uh, knowledge of this. And you can see it right there at yeah. Pond Lee Hockey on Instagram. Listen, listen to what what he just said. Like, Tom just told you you got a shot at tickets to games three, four, or five, and we know what these tickets are going for, okay? This is a big deal, man. So get on it right now. Everybody in the chat, everybody on the stream, everybody listening, jump on, man. You could be watching the Phillies. You could be making history. Just just to put it, put it in perspective, uh, just to get a ticket, standing room only ticket, it's $3,200 before, before you get the markup on the taxes. I mean, how much you pay in taxes and everything else. So that's how much the tickets are. So, look, you got an opportunity – Please take advantage of this opportunity. Yeah, Dude, Tom, this is incredible. I, I saw I saw a report yesterday that said tickets are going for from eight seventy seven to seventy eight hundred dollars a ticket. Oh seventy eight hundred? What? A ticket? Oh. Yes. Hey Tom, see, Tom, I got to ask you this, man, because Rob shot us down at the beginning of the show. Are Barrett and I eligible <laughs> to possibly get these tickets? Yeah, Rob told us no. These and guys you know, are weasels, Tom. You know what? You know what? If you're following that poly hockey, you're in. Enter. I'm telling you, man. In fact, about, baby. Maybe you guys can go together. 
Um, no, that's, that's a stretch. That's yeah, not now you just took it a little too far, Tom. You just messed up the whole possibility. These are good tickets. I mean, I know there's really no bad seats in Citizens Bank Park, but these are all, you know, these are good seats. I promise. We're not giving away bad ones. And I can tell you our CFO wants us to sell them. We're not selling them. That's awesome. And I will tell you this, Tom. Having been down there Saturday and Sunday, the place is uh, when I say electric, it doesn't even do it justice. It's I'm sure you've been down there. It's yeah. unbelievable what's going on right now. It's I, I had no idea I would get the same feelings like I had in 08. I mean, this is it's unbelievable, man. It's yeah. it's awesome. And we're so, you know, like I said, we're so happy to be able to do this. So I hope everybody follows us and, and has it. And you have a good shot. I mean, you know, we have yeah. five thousand followers. So really, you know, you have a pretty good shot again tickets. And if you don't get your Phillies tickets, you got Eagles tickets, you got Sixers opportunity and Flyers opportunities all year round. So it really is. It makes sense for a, for a fan of Philly sports to follow us. Follow Tom, the Pond Lee Hockey Instagram be at the games, Yeah. Go, go ahead, in fact, start. you know what? We're, we're going to pull the move. Hopefully it goes to game six. Well, maybe we'll sweep. It won't go to game six. We're going to the Eagles game in, in, in Houston. And yeah. that's going to try to go to game six. So I, should, I might be at every game. I don't know, man. I'm trying. How wow. how cool did it work out this way that you have an Eagles game Thursday? I mean, and it's like fate, man. Fate, fate, man. I can't believe it. My wife's gonna kill me, but that's it. Might get a little dicey at home for some people. That's right, right, right. It might right, get a right. little. They get a well, Halloween night game. You know, it's uh, yeah, once in a right. lifetime opportunity. Yeah. I think. Well, yeah. Bro, sounds, that, you know, the stars are lining up just right. You know, I'm you, man. It sounds to me like you're going to have to buy a special gift for the wife <laughs> to appease her. Yeah, I'll get her a World Series T-shirt. <laughs> oh, you were thinking Jerry. Right. Yeah. That ain't yeah. going to work, brother. Let me tell no, you that. Hey, Houston's got plenty of nice places. You can, sure. you can find oh, something. Man. You'll be all right. Um, yeah. Listen, Tom, first of all, let me just tell you, we appreciate uh, your, your backing, your belief, your sponsorship for the entire absolutely. station. Okay. Definitely, With definitely. everybody, at, you know, at Pond Lee Hockey. And, of course – the post game show, which as I mentioned, I'm not just making this up. It is destroying it. Six ABC.com. And of course, you know, Jacob sports YouTube channel as well, but you guys are phenomenal partners and that is not lost on us. We genuinely appreciate all that you do. Thank you. I I appreciate you saying that. And and I'm not just saying this back, but for us, it's an easy decision. When we saw the talent that was assembled, it's just easy for us. You know I mean? Come on. It's like a great team. It makes sense. So thanks for staying. Thanks for having me on. Hey uh, Thomas. Hey, hey Thomas. Um, oh, here we go. Hey, we we get a discount, don't we? <laughs> you get for your services. Legal, free legal services for life, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. You're in about. trouble, Tom. You, you have, you're gonna have to dedicate a whole wing to this guy. Okay. Let me just tell you. I got about I got about 12 lawsuits. I yeah, need a, you to look a at. A lot of associates will be tied <laughs> up with this. Is this being recorded? Can we do no, no, this is just between us. And two of them is legally binding guys here. Oh my God! It's legally bonded. Look, we're here for you, Barry. It doesn't matter how big or small the issue, okay? Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. Do you handle mental anguish? Uh, because I got two lawsuits against absolutely. these guys right here. There you absolutely. Go. Nah. No, no pro bono oh, for you, Barry. There'll be too many people. Uh, too many people laid off from, uh, from all your time. Oh man, appreciate right. you, man. So, we Tom, again, we'll remind oh, yeah, everybody. Follow Pondley Hockey on Instagram. If yep. you do that, right there, at Pondley Hockey on Instagram. If you do that, you have an opportunity for tickets for either games three, four, or five of the Phillies World Series yep. against the Astros. Absolutely. And we may be giving out even more than we anticipate. So we'll see. Woo! But absolutely tickets to each of those games. 
can't thank you guys enough, really. Awesome. Appreciate Todd, you, listen, man. You, appreciate it. We'll Good talk soon. You, brother. Yep. Take, care. Right. Take care, fellas. Yep, thank yep. you very much. That is that is Tom Giordano of Pond Lee Hockey. And, of course, they are, as I mentioned, unbelievable uh, just backers of the channel. Uh, and we do appreciate that. All right, let, let's do this, guys. We'll sneak one in here. And when we come back, we'll, we'll uh, keep going with the buy-sell. All right, we got a couple in from the AFC. We'll finish up the uh, the NFC as well. We'll jump to some birthdays and some other good stuff. But we got plenty more in store. You don't want to go anywhere. Barrett's going to start working on his legal uh, defense right now as we speak. <laughs> so uh, for Barrett, Derek, I'm Rob. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Razor Technology. Yes, the future of work isn't remote or in person. It's a hybrid model. In facing this new reality, businesses must reimagine their workplaces to align with preferences and needs of modern employees. Razor Technology helps businesses create a workplace that gives their teams flexibility in choosing how and where they put in their hours. Online platforms for communication and collaboration combined with secure and adaptable mobile devices are enabling hybrid meeting experiences that are nearly on par with in-person events so everyone can feel like they are part of the conversation. Employees with strong social connections and their team report better well-being, higher productivity, and stronger retention rates. Razor Technology helps growing organizations adapt to hybrid environments with industry-leading digital tools and insightful guidance that promotes efficiency and workplace satisfaction. Learn more by calling 866-797-3282, 866-797-3282, or visit us online at razor-tech.com. That's razor-tech.com. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.
Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Hang with us, everybody. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, with you off Tuesday. Got a lot in store for you tomorrow, including Scott Fransky, Philly's radio play-by-play voice. He'll be joining us at 1 o'clock. We got a stacked week uh, in general for you. I, I, was, I was trying to keep up with it. Uh, fast and Furious are our group text uh, from the week. But uh, Thursday, uh, we're going to have uh, – Correct me on the pronunciation, uh, Derek. Uh, Jerry Dulock. Is that how you Jerry, say that? Jerry Dulock from the uh, Pittsburgh Post Gazette. I've known him for years. He's a columnist there, has covered the Steelers for decades. Uh, Charlie Batch. Charlie coach, Batch. Uh, at 1 30. The Barrett's old buddy uh, and yep. teammate. He'll be joining us at 1 30 on Thursday. On Friday, yep, yep, Martin yep. Frank and Mar- Max Starks, another one of Barrett's old teammates. Yep. yep, yep. So, yeah, we're we're locked and loaded, man. Uh, I want to find week. out do these guys did these guys really like Bear to just tolerate it? We need to find this out. This is what we're going to yeah. do on. You'll Thursday. be able to ask him, man. You'll be able to ask him. Good. I think You'll the I think that they're coming on with this might be a little bit of a, a hint that they like him a little bit at least. No, so. maybe it's a guilt trip. Is know? that what it is? Okay. It could be. You know it could be you, pity. It could be pity. Course, also, you, you know how to lay it on them. I know yeah. you did. Lay it on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you yeah. kidding me, bro? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, funny. these are great guys, man. I'm telling you, man. Look, I, I I don't know about the one, the other one that's bald. I don't know about him. <laughs> oh my god! All right, um, so we, let's pick it back up with the buy and sell. We were in the AL uh, or AFC, excuse me. Um, so we we just finished the Dolphins. Let's go Bengals. Bengals. Uh, the offense looks like it's back. I'll tell you that much. Uh, they went crazy on on Sunday, but it's been an up and down year for them. Are, are we buying? Are we selling D-Gun? Um, after what they did on Sunday, it looked like the team I expected them to look like. Uh, they've, they've followed the pattern similar to what they did last year. There's just too much talent on both sides of the football for this team not to rise to the occasion. They they should win a minimum 10 games, which will more than be enough. The way the, way the league is going this year, 10 games is more than enough to get anybody in the playoffs. I'm definitely buying on the Bengals. How about you, Barrett? I gotta buy. I mean, out of out of out of you know what they did last. They were in the, they were in the Super Bowl last year. So, I, I you know what I really can't say that either because of the Rams. I'm selling them the dumpster. <laughs> but no, I mean they are they're just so talented, especially at the wide receiver position. You know, Chase mm-hmm. Higgins. You know, Boyd. Uh, Boyd. I mean, yeah. they just have so much, man. And that all the line is really starting to play better now. They're starting to protect them just a little bit better, just a little bit better. Yeah. But you know, Joe Mixon and uh, uh, Samadhi Piran are playing well. As far as you know, toting the rock. You know, the, of course, you know Mixon is the, the lead back, but Piran's getting his touches and he's doing well when he does get his touches. I think they need to start getting it, get it back going with their defensive line, man. Um, Hubbard and Henderson, 
aren't doing as much as I've seen them do in the past. And that was a major, major, major way in which they beat teams mm-hmm. uh, by rushing the passer, sack production out of those two, you know, specifically. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they need to, you know, amp it up with that. But, you know, other than that, man, they, they, they're consistent, man. They're consistent. They're starting to be consistent now. They're not blowing people out of the water, but they're starting to get very consistent on how they move the ball on offense and stop people on defense. They could get going here. They're at Cleveland on Monday night. Then they have Carolina home. Which will be a by, good game. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. By week after Carolina and then at Pittsburgh. So, they, they, you know, they could get on a little bit of a run here if they start showing some consistency. I'm buying the Bengals 100%. Yeah. Uh all right, so next one in the AFC that we will jump to here is the Colts. And we talked about they benched Matt Ryan. Uh, I'm, I'm selling. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting away from this. I, I don't want any parts of the Colts. <sighs> yeah, that, uh, that's a waste of money. If I had disposable <laughs> income, if I had disposable income, I might throw a, throw a few bones away considering they're still at 500, you know, taking into consideration how bad things are going there. But – uh, push come to shove. Um, I don't know if Sam Ellinger is the answer uh, for this team. And so I'm going to sell till further notice. All right, back. Man, oh, man. I, I can't get away from them fast enough. I mean, they had the number one rushing team in the league last year. And they can't do anything at this point. Defensively. They wanted. To, they were one of the top defenses in the league. Mm-hmm. They become very, very minuscule in how they play now. Yeah, I know. You know, their 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 star linebacker, um, you know, Leonard is 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 not playing. Yeah, but they had other players also. Oh, then Quiddy Pay is out now too. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. But I just don't see it. they don't have enough. You know, at Matt Pryor was starting at right tackle. He got yep. beat so bad they moved him in to. Uh, he started left tackle. They moved him in a right guard. Uh-huh. It brought in Dennis Kelly, another disciple of uh, another eagle, Chip yeah. Kelly. You know what I mean? Uh, I he was Chip Kelly's guy, but he was, um, you know, Chip brought him in. But he, I mean, he's been in the league a long time. Mm. They just don't have enough, man. You know, now, now they're playing musical chairs with the quarterback position. That's when you know things are bad. Yes, that's when yep. you know things are bad. When you start playing musical chairs with the quarterback, you're not going to do much winning. Okay, uh, let's go, Chargers. Chargers, an, another loss this week. Chargers. That might be fool's gold, man. I thought with the quarterback that they have, there's no way that they should be have the record that they have right now. There's no way. What are they, what are they three and what? Four and three. Four, four, four and three? three? Yeah. Four and three. There's no way they should be four and three. What as bad as that division is, the only team that's good in that division are the Chiefs. Yep. That's the only team. And that's shocking considering what we thought that was going to look like. Exactly. You got one of the premier quarterbacks in the league, but you also <clears> got to understand this. They have been bit with that uh, with the, with with the injury bug, yeah. something fierce, man. I mean, now Mike Williams is out. Yep. Um, Keenan Allen is finally back. Finally, this will be his first game back, I think. Andre Carter's playing another disciple from from from. He's getting a lot uh, of time, not just yeah. special teams. Yeah, yeah, probably so, too much. Yeah. But you know, once Slater went out, you know that that's when things started going downhill for him. You know, because he he he's good, man. He's he's a lot better than what people thought it was. Back he first year Pro Bowler, and then Joey. Joey Bosa, he's been out. Yeah. He's on IR. So it's just Khalil Mack right now rushing the passer. You need more than just Khalil Mack rushing the passer. They can stop the run, but they can't rush the passer. All right, let's jump over to the NFC, fellas. Uh, let's go Packers, Derek Gunn. What, what, what Shockingly, you do, you're getting that first. Why, why, why do you want to do this to me, Rob? Why? <laughs> See, 
just when I thought you were the perfect <laughs> mediator, mediator, you come and pull pull this on me. But I you know, know what? Because of who I am, I'm going to be honest. I'm selling the Packers as quick as I can sell. I'm defense. Selling. I'm, I'm more worried about their defense, defense than anything there, else. There were no receivers. They can't even run the ball now. They've got all pro- kind of problems on the offensive line, the makeshift offensive line. Um, and they're playing Buffalo this week. It's gonna that's gonna be like Custer's last stand. You oh, you know, know I, mean? I I I usually say that you're a Fairweather fan. You're not a. I mean, you're not I've a never, Fairweather fan. Right, right. When it comes to Green Bay, you've right. been consistent with this the entire year. I so, told yeah. you. I told you. Uh, yeah, I'm selling Green Bay. You know, as quick as I can sell them and get my money back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Barrett. I, I, they're sold once. You know, once their fearless leaders sold them, and that's a uh, A Rod Andy Gun. I, <laughs> I blame Derek for this stuff. It's, it's more his fault than the, than the young receivers of the defense. It's the equivalent of Rob getting Phillies fired. Good point. Right, 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 right. Hey, yeah. my, it worked though. What yeah, I, what I yeah, did. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh-huh. You, saved, uh, you saved us. You saved us. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you. I don't. I, I just don't like what's going on there. I don't like Rogers' vibe. I, I can't like pronounce them dead because he's. You know, we've seen him get them going before, but I don't like what's right. going on. Right. Um, Vikings. I mean, I know this is crazy. They're five and one. I, I guess this is more like, are you believing them long term than, you know, right now or getting out of the division? Barrett? I, I, I like them because they got a consistent run game. They got a real good run game. Dalvin Cook is still one of the better backs in the lead. That offensive line is starting to really come into its own. They're protecting Kirk Cousins now. Uh, they even get a little whisper from um, Adam Thielen mm-hmm. a little bit also. It's just not the Justin Jefferson show. Mm-hmm. K.J. Osborne starting to come out of his shell a little bit. So on offensively, they they can be pretty good. Um, you know, a guy you need to start looking at is Irv Smith. You know, he's going to be a player. But defensively, they've got to get out of what they're playing right now. They're, they, they're just too much zone. You know, they're picking that zone apart still. But the offense scores just enough to keep things going, man. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'm, I'm buying I'm buying okay. them. Gunner? I'm buying them only because they have the second best record in the NFC, but I think they will be a quick exit in the playoffs. Um, you know what? After the Eagles uh, put a beat down on them, they have rallied. They have found ways to win. It hasn't always been pretty, um, but the bottom line is here they stand at 5-1. and one. So as much as it tightens my chest to say this, uh, I am currently buying the Vikings at 5-1. and one. I, I'm buying them. I, I'm buying them because I think they're pretty good. And I think, you know, the people around them have really disappointed. So I'll buy them. I will certainly buy them. All right. Let's continue with the NFC here. We got to move a little quickly because we're running up against it a little bit here. Uh, Bucks, Gunner. Sell, 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 sell. I never thought I'd say that, but they've got injuries across the board. Tom Brady has all these off the field issues going on. Uh, I'm selling Tampa Bay. Selling, 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 selling. Yeah, it rarely ends where you just ride off into the sunset. You know, there's not a lot of right, John Elway, right. yeah. you know, sort right. of. Let, Jerome Bettis. Right. Like, yeah. And this, it kind of looks like this for Brady, you know. And again, you fall into the category, the same thing with Rodgers. You never completely discount them, but it doesn't look good. Uh, that's for sure. Seahawks. Uh, Barrett, you get this one first. I'm buying. I'm buying because I I, I like how they've customized that offense around their uh, their quarterback, you know. He's shown that he can carry the team, so they're riding with him. Defensively, they can't stop anybody, and mm-hmm. I understand that. But offensively, they can score with anybody. And when you got, you know, horses, you know, the Geno Smith can throw to, like Metcalf and Lockett, you know, it, it could be a good day. And uh, Marquise Goodwin, 
Wow. Mm. Where did he come from? Yeah, right. <laughs> Another resurrection story. Right. <laughs> How about you, D-Guy? Who would have thought Seattle at this point would be the number three seed in the NFC through seven games? Not it's me, shocking sure. in itself. Who would have thought Geno Smith would have the second best completion percentage in the NFL through seven games? And I said it a couple of weeks ago. I'll say it again. Seattle is my fun team to watch this year. As Barrett said, their defense is a sieve, but their offense is so exciting to watch. Yeah. especially with the habitual backup quarterback. I'm in on Seattle. Okay. All right, quick hitters here. Rams. Out. Sale. Okay, I'll sell as well. 49ers, I'm buying. buying. I'm still buying, buying 49ers, yep. Okay. Uh, Cardinals. Ooh. Selling. I'm buying. I'm selling. I'm buying. You're buying. I'm selling. I'm buying with the additions of Robbie Anderson and, and DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. Um, I'm not a big Cardinals fan, but I'm still buying them. All right, I wanted to get a couple of these in, and then we'll get the birthdays. Uh, Brittany Griner's appeal was rejected by the Oof. Russian court. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on here, and her her timing with all not not you know the timing of all of this, I don't think is helping her either, considering everything that's going on globally. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a bad spot. I mean, she it's everybody thought she was going to get that appeal and get out, and you know, she's been sentenced to nine years, so this is uh, not good. Not good for Brittany Griner. Um, Jim Nance will call his last Final Four this year. He will keep doing NFL. He'll keep doing golf, but he wants to just scale back his schedule at this point of his life. Uh, so that will be one of the duties that he will not be doing college basketball anymore. So that man's got kids under ten years of age, and he's what 63, 64? He's got a Play six a and player. eight year old. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, yeah, man. That's uh, woo. God bless. I'm not touching that one. I'm not touching that one. Yes. Why not? Because I'm not. Because I'm not. On this day, 1986, that ball went between Bill Buckner's uh, legs Ooh. against the Mets in game six of the World Series, which the Mets ended up winning, as you guys know, uh, over the Red Sox. Yeah. And the Red Sox still thought they were cursed back then. And that was this day, October 25th wow. on, uh, in, in 1986. I know. Well. Yeah. Crazy, right? All right, birthdays. Uh, Pablo Picasso, born on this day in 1981. Perhaps oh, yeah. the, goat, the goat artist of all time. Wait, um, did you say he was born in 1981? 1881. <laughs> I'm hey, like, what? Pablo, happy 41st. Yeah, no, happy 141st. Oh, Pablo. man. Uh, Katy Perry is 38 yep. years old. Uh, Ciara, Mrs. Uh, Wilson, Mrs. Russell yep. Wilson is 37 yes, years Ciara. old. Yep. Uh, Brian Kelly now at LSU, 61 yeah. years old. Yep, Bobby Knight, uh, you know, long time the general, Indiana, the general, the general, baby. He is uh, 82 years old. James Carville, the uh, political analyst, we got to be quick through these, 78 years old. Craig Robinson, who I love from The Office, too many pizza I commercials, just, but I think he's hilarious. Him, yeah, love him. He's 51 years old. John Matusak, the old Raider, Ooh. was born on this day in 1950. Juan Soto. Soto. Yes, 24 years old for the Soto. Uh, Marion Ross, who played the, the mother on Happy Days, still alive at 94. Wow. God bless wow. me. Wow. Yes, phenomenal. Um, all right, anybody got any other ones quickly? And then we'll we – You did say Katy Perry, right? Katy yep. Perry, yes. Yeah, yep. Samantha B., Adam Goldberg, uh, 
Dan Gable, one of the greatest wrestlers in oh, the history of the United States. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Let's see who I would there. Where is she? Nancy Cartwright, who was the voice of Bart. Can you believe she was the longtime voice of Bart Simpson? Bart Simpson. Simpson. Yep. It's unbelievable. What? And then, and then the one you, uh, you don't really know, Kevin Michael Richardson, He's he has a deep voice. He was a girl in Mortal Kombat. Uh, he was a voice in uh, Matrix Revolution, Family Guy. This guy's voice has been all over the place. Never, I didn't even know that. Wow. You know? uh, wow. Movies, the, the yeah. original Halloween was released on this day in 1978. One of the all-timers. You know, we uh, talk about it just being a cult movie. Do you know that movie has already been selected for the preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry? No. Wow. Can you I did not that? know that. Pretty good. Yes. Good yep. info there, Gunner. All right, we got to roll, boys. We got to go. We are up what? against it. Yes, what? you're up against it. We have the National Football Show with Dan Celio coming up. Thanks to Xander Krause. Thanks to all of you in the chat room, all of you streaming, all of you listening. We appreciate you. We're back tomorrow at 12. We'll have Scott Fransky at 1. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey, the largest workers' compensation law firm in Pennsylvania. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. Even better, Pondley Hockey doesn't charge a dime until you win. If you've been injured at work, give Pondley Hockey a call. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. It's a fall car fest, and Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown says, yes, you can. Jeff says, yes, you can choose from over 1,000 vehicles in stock with no wait. Yes, you can still get low prices, leases, and big discounts. Yes, you can still get low interest financing. And Jeff always says, yes, you can have a real deal buying experience without the hassle. When the other dealers say, no, you can't, Jeff says, yes, you can. Jeff D'Ambrosio Destination Downingtown. Nobody treats you better. Jeep Adventure Days.